Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America, Babylon, and transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite, you are listening to Omega Man Radio Network with Shannon Davis. Mega Man Radio Network. I'm your host, Shannon Davis. This is a live program, and I wanted to give everybody an opportunity to have time to get in. It's my special pleasure and honor to welcome back tonight Pastor Michael Thier of Hegowish Church in Highland, Indiana. The uh, Hegowish Church website is hbcdelivers.org. Again, hbcdelivers.org. And the book room is wrwpublications.org. Dot com, where you're going to find some of the, uh, the greatest deliverance material of all time. Uh, great archive there of audio, video, books, and booklets from Pastor Wen Worley, Pastor Thier, and some other great men of God. And so uh, without further ado, let me get Pastor Michael on the line. Stand by. Pastor Michael, how are you tonight? Brother Shannon, how are you? Brother, I'm blessed. I am too. It was a great show you had earlier. I want to say a special hello to and a hug to uh, Pastor John and Brenda, if you're still listening. Uh, great to uh, hear you in the battle, John. And, of course, a big hello to your audience also. Amen. 
And, uh, you know, we have people tuning in from all over the world. We had a uh, caller in the previous show. We had uh caller from the U.K. We have people listening from Scotland. We've got a lady in India right now. And uh, shouts out to everybody out there that uh, continues to tune in each week. Um, well, you know, I love to talk about spiritual warfare, Pastor Michael. I don't think there's a better subject to devote time to. Amen. Than, uh, you know, going after the host of hell. Because everybody I know, including myself, uh, has come under attack from the enemy. And, um, you know, we can either uh, choose to ignore the reality of Satan and his demons, or we can say, yeah, they're real, but also, you know, I've got authority to tread on these foul spirits in the name of Jesus Christ. I can get set free. So, you know, the best um, defense is a good offense, as they say. You betcha. You betcha. And, you know, what's really neat about the Word of God, uh, Shannon, is that uh, over in Ephesians chapter 3, uh, I believe it's uh, going to be verse 10, that uh, Paul's writing, and, and the book the book of Ephesians, or the, you know, um, is such an awesome book covering spiritual warfare. Because out of Ephesus, we get the stories of the seven sons of Sceva, um, you know, the vagabond Jews that, that were exorcists. Um, we get the uh, story of Paul's handkerchiefs delivering people. Um, we get the story of, of those that were getting saved, bringing their occult arts together uh, to be burned. Uh, and so, and then, of course, you know, we, we get the armor of God in Ephesians 6, you know, telling us where the real warfare is, that it's not against human beings. You know, it's not against flesh and blood. It's against principalities and powers. Uh, the rules of darkness in, 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 you know, in heavenly places, you know, spiritual wickedness in high places. Uh, and so Ephesus is just loaded, or Ephesians is just loaded uh, with, with golden nuggets of spiritual warfare. Uh, and, and I found this years ago, uh, going through Ephesians chapter 3, um, where, where Paul's writing uh, in this particular, you know, putting it in the context of where it is, um, letting, you know, those believers, those new believers, uh, in Ephesus know what their power is, you know, where it comes from, you know, of course the Lord, what, and what God's plan is. And, and, cause we wonder sometimes, you know, what is God's plan for us? You know, what are we just to, you know, do we just get saved and then just hold on as, as the devil, you know, like a bobble, uh, I think they call them bobble dolls, you know, those, um, or, or those clowns, you know, you punch them in the nose and they just come back right up at you again. You know, I mean, you know, were we given some kind of authority here? Because we read about that, but what about us specifically? Is there anything in Scripture that tells us, you know, what what we're supposed to be doing, or you know, what um, the intent of God is uh, for us? And, and verse ten, uh, this is from the King James. Um, well, actually, let's go back to verse nine. I hope we, you know, we'll get it a little bit more into context. And Paul says, you know, uh, it's you know that the Lord has done things that, that have opened the doors now for us in the New Testament times, where he says it's to make all men see um, what is the fellowship, the communion of the mystery uh, from which was, which was from the beginning of the world, been hid in God, uh, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent, the purpose in mind, that now, under the principalities and powers in heavenly places, might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. Well, what? The intent is to let the, the principalities and powers 
in heavenly places. So yes. Paul's being very specific here. You know, we have we have earthly principalities and powers. Those are you know government uh, around us, and now we have you know, and we also have them in the heavenlies. We're told uh, in Scripture, and so this is specifically telling us that that now unto the principalities and the powers in heavenly places, it might be made known by the church, which is us, the manifold wisdom of God, and. It, it can't be talking about good angels because there's nowhere in Scripture that tells us, you know, where to talk to or, or you know, communicate with God's angels. And they, and they won't do it anyway. And so what's it talking about here? It's talking about that it, has our, it is our responsibility as New Testament saints to let the devil know, to let those demons know that, no, we're not going to be pushed around anymore. No, we're not going to take it. No, we don't accept your curses. No, we're not going to do that because we rebuke you right now in Jesus' name. Yes. See, they've never been confronted ever. You know, in the Old Testament, there was no deliverance. In fact, I mentioned the other day, you know, this is such a wonderful blessing that we have as New Testament saints that all the miracles that were done in the New Testament by Jesus were also done in the Old Testament except for one, and that's deliverance. There was no casting out of demons in the Old Testament. And people knew there were demons. They knew they, they were, you know, that they were evil, but they had no power to do it. And so as New Testament saints, you know, one, one, of, the, one of the awesome blessings that we have because of Calvary uh, is that we now have power over all the power of the enemy, Luke 10, 10 19. You know, behold, I give you power to tread. Uh, it means to to tread like a wine press, you know, just to just to literally just wring out, you know, the devil to tread, uh, uh, and that word power is authority, exousia. It says in the Greek. So so we have we have authority to tread like a wine press uh, over over. Um, um, <laughs> uh, we have we have power. It's a, maybe I should turn to it. Uh, I only have it memorized for any other time that I need it. But it's Luke ten nineteen. Uh, I'm sure many of your <laughs> listeners know about this. But it says, "Behold, I give you power, and it's, it's exousia, uh, to tread like a wine press on serpents yes. and scorpions, and over all the power." Now that word power in the Greek is dunamis. It's where we get our word dynamite from. Over oh. all the dynamite of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. And this is very important because we now have a responsibility as the church to... Uh, there's an old book by uh, A.W. Tozer uh, called I Talk Back to the Devil. And oh. it, it, yeah, it's just, you know, I read the title and I thought, yes! You know, it's, it's part of our job as Christians to talk back to the devil. These things, you know, the, these... These beings that are, are very smart uh, and have been around for a long time and are very clever, um, and, those, and they have hurt so many of, uh, of our friends, maybe even our, in our own lives, our families, yes. um, they, they can be dealt with in Jesus' name. You know, they, they, can, they can be put in their place. Of course, they don't like that, and, and you know, the demons have said, you know, we don't like it, uh, that people get saved, but... It's okay as long as they don't know anything about us. And so, you know, as you start exposing demons, you know, I, I love for what's going on right now 
uh, with the show and with other things, the, the letters I'm getting, uh, the material that we're sending out from WRW Publications, uh, because there are a lot of people waking up to deliverance. And we don't need many. We just need little fires here and there uh, that will keep the devil busy enough so that, you know, because God's not the author of confusion. So we put that confusion back on him and upon his minions in Jesus' name so the church might wake up, so that God's people might catch on that, that they not only have authority, that they can actually do something about this and not be kicked around. You know, Shannon, it's got to be just horribly sad. Uh, the first meeting uh, after Pastor Worley uh, stopped traveling, uh, I was doing meetings for him. And the first meeting I ever did was uh, in, a, in a Pentecostal church uh, in Ohio. And the pastor picked me up at the airport, uh, and he said, you know, he, you know what, what are you going to be talking about? And I said, well, just, the, you know, the basics of deliverance and curses and, and you know, breaking, you know, ungodly soul ties and, and, you know, how Satan works in our lives to, you know, to trip us up or to get us to sin and, and you know, I brought up some specifics, and he, he said, "He says, oh well, praise God." He said, "But we, you know, we don't have anything like that in our church." Wow. And I'm all I'm all green around the gills, and I, I said, "Oh, okay." You know, and I'm thinking, "Well, Lord, I don't know what else to do, but you know." So I, I stood up and I started to preach, and lo and behold, after the first message, I had numerous people coming up to me, talking to me about these things in their lives that I had brought up during the message, and the pastor was shocked because he didn't even know these issues were going on in his church with his people. And they were they were burying their soul in me. Wow. And so, you know, if the pastors don't know, if if, if we're not telling people or, or the leadership is not telling people, hey, you know, it's not just the, 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 the um, office of those that are in leadership to do battle. It's everybody's job to do battle. You know, the saints of God, for the most part, if they if they know about demons and they know that they can have authority over them and they can battle them correctly, they'll want to do it. Amen. Yeah, and so it's it's the leadership of the church that, that keeps the people ignorant and and uh, you know that it's not for us today or you know whatever whatever explanations they come up with. Uh, but thank God that there's that there's little fires everywhere that the devil's having a hard time putting out. Amen to that. Um, that's absolutely the truth. I praise God Amen. for it. You know, you're you're so right. I, I'm guessing maybe thousands of years. Uh, Amen. You know, p- people knew that uh, demons existed. I mean, even King Saul was being tormented, and they brought in David to play the harp to try to soothe him. But you know, yeah. uh, they didn't have the um, the power to um, cast those devils out that I know of. Correct me if I'm wrong. But um, they did the best they could. Of course, when Jesus came and died and rose again, he gave us as believers authority to tread on these serpents and scorpions, and so we can cast these things out in Jesus' name. And uh, I think for that reason, Pastor Michael, the enemy is beside himself. He's going crazy because, you know, um, it's like um, I went out to my mailbox one day, and uh, the mailbox is planted on this um, little stretch of, you know, grass along the curb, and I noticed this big mound, and I said, wait a minute, that looks like fire ants. You know, yeah. you stick your foot in there and kick it around, they go crazy. You yeah. know, someone's invading <laughs> their turf and they start to scatter. And, you know, um, so what you do is put gasoline on them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, you That's know, a good analogy, brother. You know, but uh, 
so what we're really doing is we're getting in there as the modern day believer and uh, stirring up the uh, the nest, and these demons are are running for cover, running scared actually. Amen. I mean, uh, I'm sure you have uh, encountered being in deliverance ministry many decades, uh, coming up against a demonized man or woman, and they would spot you, and they would run for cover. It's you very know? interesting that uh, of what demons do. Uh, you know, to avoid you, and if they can't avoid you, what they'll do to then to then deceive you or trick you. You know, they're they're masters at what they do, and and you know we can have fun, you know, battling them. Uh, uh, and you know, the fun isn't that uh, you know we're joking with them or, or uh, you know conversing with them. See, we're casting them out in Jesus' name, you know, and then seeing the life change of the brother or sister that's getting the prayer, and, and it just makes it all worthwhile. Uh, you know, again, you know, the they're they're indignant. You know, when you when you say and that's and that's why you know when you're first praying for some people, or actually for most people, um, you know, nothing's happening. The first five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen, twenty minutes, you know, nothing's happening. In fact, sometimes it's the first you know couple, two, three, four deliverances before you can actually get the demons to start manifesting. Once they start manifesting, that you got them. You know, they're, they'll always manifest. But what they're doing is they're hiding. They're trying to hold on uh, because if they can still stay on the inside and, and not manifest, they'll convince that person that it must be a medical issue. You know, it must be a mental issue. You know, it's got to be something, you know, other than them, uh, the demons. Because once you get them to manifest, uh tell you a real quick story here. One time I was I uh, had met a man. He was a he was a professional Christian man, uh pop m- very popular man. And uh, I went out to lunch with him. Uh and during lunch he told me that uh he wanted he was tired of being um um uh not just a nominal Christian but uh, like a performing Christian. He wanted to he wanted to be a real Christian. It's just kind of he Kind of struck me a little bit, and and uh, we it was a Saturday at one of our conferences, uh, and I said, well, brother, I said, you know, I'm going to be real busy tonight with the mass deliverance, but uh, I'll tell you what, you know, I'll do everything I can to get over to you uh, and pray with you, and and so, of course, you know, seven o'clock rolled around when we started our mass deliverances on Saturday night, and uh, it was it was a wing doozy, and there, you know, people were flopping on the floor like fish <laughs> out of water. It was just a fun time. And, and, you know, I mean, you're having to step around bodies, and, and, and there were a lot of things going on. And I was I was praying for different people, and then I remembered, the Lord reminded me that I said I would pray for this man. He was on the other side of the church, so I got over to him, and, and Shannon, I was tired. I mean, I was, I, you know, I was beat. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, these these battles are going so long, you know, that... You can literally, physically, I, I have fallen asleep praying. <laughs> I, I, I'm embarrassed and I apologize, but, you know, sometimes, because you're just praying and praying and praying, and, you know, you're giving it all you have, you know, because it's a, it's a special time, that, you know, that you're in with these mass deliverances. But this man, he's a big man. He, he was probably, I don't know, he's probably about 6'1 or 6'2, uh, you know, good, good 250 pounds, you know. He wasn't overweight. He was just a big guy. Uh, and uh, so I came up, and, and I'm praying for him. Five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes, nothing. And I'm really tired. And I sent an SOS to the Lord. And I said, Lord, I said, I have one minute of prayer left in me, and I'm going to pass out. 
I said, Lord, you know this brother. He, he wants deliverance. And I said, Lord, I'm just I'm too tired to pray for him. So I just leaned back in. And I started, and I once again, you know, come out in Jesus' name. The Lord Jesus Christ speak you. You know, and I started to mention spirits that, that you know, may be associated there. And all of a sudden, because I have my arm, I'm sitting on the le- on his left side, and I've got my right arm across his shoulder. And I'm, you know, I'm just kind of close in there. And uh, all of a sudden, the shoulder just, just, just jilts a little bit. And I knew the demon was right on top. Well, wow. it, it, it was just classic, brother. You know, because they'll hide. You know, they'll do anything they can to show themselves. But once, once his shoulder flinched, that was it. Man, I'm telling you, I woke up. <laughs> you know, I, I, it was the Lord must have just either given me strength, or I just was. I got so excited, uh, and I just, I just dug in there, and I said, "Man, I got you. You're right on top." You got to expose yourself in Jesus' name. And I think, I mean, that thing manifested so big. I had to literally hold, I climbed onto his back. (laughs) I mean, he just, he came up out of the benches, out of the bench, and I'm just holding on. And, of course, you know, we're used to it at the church, and so a bunch of guys came over, and, you know, we got him on the floor. But, I mean, I was, you know, I had nothing. I was just holding on to him, you know, like like sitting on a horse or something. Uh, And he got a lot of deliverance. Um, and it, it can be fun. You know, you have authority over these things, you know, and, and, and they're stubborn. But one thing, the, the one thing, brother, well, there were, there were two things that, that set past the world. I love, love stories. This is great. Yeah. There, there, there's learn. two things, brother, that, there's a few things, but really two particular things specific that set Pastor Worley apart from, from anybody else I've ever met. And number one is, how he could love people. And, you know, it, it is truly agape love or the love of Christ that's in us that when we minister to people, that, that breaks down the power of the enemy. Yes, it's Jesus' name that we're using, but it's that love that Jesus fills us with, the compassion that, that we have for other people that are bound up or that, ha- that are having issues, that when we start reaching out... You know, those demons freak out one, the, because the one thing that they not only don't understand, you know, it's almost like, um, you know, throwing salt on a, on a snail or, or uh, you know, it's when you start ministering and, and demonstrating agape love to the person you're praying for, uh, the demons just freak out because they don't know what to do with it. You know that they can't they can't handle it. And Pastor Worley, you know, there were a lot of people. You know, he told me that he knows there were a lot of people smarter than him and better looking than him, and you know that the Lord called to the deliverance ministry in that day. Uh, but you know, um, they all said, "Lord, you know, please may I be excused." Wow. And so, in fact, you know, Pastor Worley told me he, he said, "Well, son," he said, "You know, I knew that uh, you know by the time the Lord got to me, he had asked a lot of other people." And the Lord probably said, well, there's Worley. He'll do what I ask him to do. And and so the Lord called him, and that's what he did. He just started to minister deliverance, and he just loved people enough to show them that he really cared about them. And that really set him apart from other people who, who well, you know, at that time there were really weren't a lot of other people in deliverance, but, you know, even ministers that, uh, you know, that weren't showing love. So that's the first thing that set him apart. But the second thing 
and to this day, you know, I remind the demons of this often, you know, while I'm praying, because, I mean, it's just, they hated him because of uh, of this other reason, and that is he was tenacious. This guy never stopped. And I, I don't know where he got his energy from. Uh, you know, it must have been just, you know, a miracle of the Lord. But um, he loved to fight demons. And he knew, or the demons knew, they're very, they're very smart. Listen, they know many times the person praying for them. They know if they can trick you. They know if they can hold on uh, that you'll stop praying. You know, they're very, very intelligent. We, we think, you know, that, that uh, you know, because we've got the power and, you know, because we've got the Word of God and we're saved, you know, that, that we're something. And we are when we're ministering in Jesus' name. But outside of that... These things, these things will buffalo us ten ways a Sunday. We're, I mean, we're from, no match. We are no match for these demons, you know, when we're not walking in the Lord and listening to what the Lord is telling us. You know, all the little um, techniques and tricks, you know, that people have come up with for demons. Most of these techniques and tricks are, are demon-oriented to begin with, because deliverance isn't a science. You know, what what works for, you know, if I pray for one brother, uh, doesn't necessarily mean that if I pray the exact same way for another brother, that the exact same thing is going to happen. Because it's the Lord that's doing the delivering. Yet, yet we sometimes lose that, you know, sight that it's the Lord doing the delivering and we get the big head, you know, or we think, or, you know, we think that, you know, that, that uh, you know, me and God, we, you know, we make a good team and, and you know, and the Lord's not in that at all. There's no glory going to man. Amen. The very the, the very second that that we start taking glory upon ourselves, I mean, look at King Herod. You know, King Herod. You know, oh, took, yeah. took took glory upon himself, and God smote him with with you know with a curse. He just he filled up with worms and died. You know, yeah. what a sight. That's a bad way to go. Yeah, yeah. Well, but you know, the Lord doesn't want us taking glory upon ourselves because you know. He even gives us the power to say, in Jesus' name, come out. So, you know, it's all about Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and when we realize that, you know, we these things will react. And so it's a lot of fun dealing with them. Um, Do demons have and, a uh, sense of humor sometimes? Oh, they're they're hilarious. Listen, what are some of the things that uh, you can recall you've run into? You've you found uh, some funny moments from time to time? <laughs> a lot of the time. You know they'll do anything. They'll they'll do they'll say anything to get you to stop saying "Come out in Jesus' name." You know, and they'll they'll um, they'll start talking because many times they talk they talk in the third person. Not always, but often, uh, more times than not. Uh, you know, uh, they'll they'll talk in the third person. You know, uh, the demon will speak out and say, you know, uh, you know, I, I I've hated this blankety blank, you know, for so long, and and you know, now 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 look now look where he is or look where she is, and and uh, uh, you know, but I but I still have them, and and you know, they're gonna you know they're not gonna be able to serve the Lord because I'm gonna always be here, and you're not gonna be able to cast me out. And, you know, they're just lying. They always say that, um, but they'll start talking about. Uh, the people around, you know, they'll start mocking them. They'll start talking about, you know, how somebody looks or, or, or um, you know, some kind of physical feature. Uh, or they'll, you know, the demons looking around. Anything to distract. A- anything, and they can tell jokes, you know. And 
And one thing that we don't have to worry about too much, um, a lot of times, you know, I, I over the years, I feel, you know, I can't prove this in Scripture, but I, I, I think this is true. I think they hate each other, too. You know, I, I, I think that, you know, it's not like there's a brotherhood uh, of the demons. You know, they're just a bunch of snarling, you know, um, just ugly, rotten things, you know, that hate. They, they, don't, they don't have any other capability to do anything, you know, but hate. Because as beautiful as they... I'm sorry, but, go ahead. Well, as beautiful as they were in heaven... Okay, the amount, the you know, the 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 sum of what they were in heaven is now the exact opposite of that here on earth. Exactly, uh, they've lost all their beauty, just like Satan. Uh, he's no longer uh, beautiful like he was. He lost all that, did he not? But but yeah, but Shannon, it, it's more than that. He didn't just lose it. What he was in heaven, perfect. You know, uh, he was the sum of all things. The scripture says, you know, but by his by his very being, you know, he he didn't sit with a banjo on his knee, being the 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 worship and the music around the throne of God. He was the music. You know, his whole being, you know, was was just beautiful. But he didn't just lose that beauty. He is the exact opposite now of what. With he is so evil. You know, he he is he is the epitome of evil. You know, he doesn't just have a little bit of evil in him. He is the epitome of evil. With as great as he was, the 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 amount or the sum of that greatness, that sum or greatness now is, is how bad he is uh, on the other side of that. You know, yes, he lost it all, but he didn't just lose it all. He became the opposite of what he was. He he did. You know, God God. You know, did a 180 on him. That's right. You know, and He'll so try now he to he, transform he, into an angel of light sometime to to uh, deceive people. But uh, he's pretty fallen nature, isn't he now? Oh man, you know the the thing about Satan that we we must always keep in mind. There's no bargaining with him. You know, a lot of Christians. You know, Jesus said, you know, what's the, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world? And loses his own soul. You know, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Uh, and you know, we're always going after the world's goods, and and or we're looking at the world's goods, and you know, it's it, they're like fishing lures to fish. You know, because a fishing lure to a fish, the fish thinks it's real, but it's just a shiny piece of metal. You know, that's being used to trick the fish. And that's that's very similar to the things that the world that you know Satan has in the world to catch us you know things things that look good to us and 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 you know so he you know he puts these these things out there uh and and we exchange part of ourselves to get these things we don't we don't realize it uh, unless there's a a minister uh, a brother or a sister who's knowledgeable uh, of spiritual things you know that will tell us that we're we're so we are so ignorant of Satan's devices. Oh, and you, people say, oh, Pastor, but, you know, but Paul said, you know, uh, that uh, that he's not ignorant of Satan's devices and, you know, must be talking about us. <laughs> I doubt but, that, you know, seriously. The devil will even, and these demons will even try to bargain with someone uh, during a deliberate session. Uh, is oh, that right? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. That, that, yeah. You know, if, if you'll just, you know, if you'll just leave me alone, I'll leave the person alone. 
uh, you know, it, it, they'll because the person many times is cognizant of what, of what's going on. Sometimes they're not, but you know, sometimes the person uh, is uh, you know alert to what the demon is saying and doing, uh, and you know, sometimes now not all deliverance sessions are you know wing dingers on the floor. You know, we're six or seven people. You know, are holding you down. You know, some are just people come out and, you know, they cough them out or um, scream them out, cry them out. There's many different ways that the demons come out. Um, but, you know, when you've got some of these bigger ones on the line, uh, they'll bargain. First off, they'll throw out the smaller ones. They'll they'll do everything they can. You know, they'll put protection up for themselves. Uh, and, you know, the smaller ones, the, the less than authority will um, will be sacrificed. Uh, by these demons, they they really don't like each other, you know. They're, they're just doing, you know, what their what their master has told them uh, to do. You know, for a, for a demon to go back to Satan, and we don't we don't let them go back uh, to Satan, uh, but for a demon to go back to Satan, you know, uh, it's not a good thing for the demon uh, because he's failed. You know, he's failed at his job to destroy that person. But, uh, yeah, they'll bargain with you, Shannon. Uh, Like I said, they will say and do anything to distract you. All they want to do is to avoid hearing those words come out in Jesus' name. It's not about our verbiage. It's not about our voice inflection. You know, it's not about how loud we can pray in Jesus' name. (laughs) You can whisper to demons. And you have just as much authority over them. Brothers and sisters, those that are listening, you don't have to yell at demons. Save your strength. In fact, it's so awesome because these things, you know, they're upset and they're manifesting. This is something that they don't want to do. And so you can be just be, maybe you're laying on the floor or, or sitting next to the person praying and let that demon know what's going on. You know, remind that demon saying, say, say to that demon, well, you know, it looks like you're having a power problem. Because they're the ones screaming. You're the one talking in a nice, level, monotone voice. You know, come out in Jesus' name and, and you know, just just remind them and say, well, you know, boy, you must be really slipping here because you're showing yourself all over the place. Yeah, shut up, you know, and they start swearing and cussing at you because, listen, they're under a lot of pressure. So don't put yourself under any pressure by thinking you have to scream at them. They have, they have very good hearing. You know, they, they can hear a pin drop. What can you do to torture these demons? Um, You know, like you said, number one, they'll try to hide, and so they don't reveal themselves, and they're like play possum. So maybe your question is: There even a demon there? Because if they can uh, escape uh, detection, then they might be able to stand longer, right? Yeah. In fact, again, they're they're just experts at doing that. Uh, I mean, there are several things. A lot of times, um, I'll pray for the Shekinah glory of the Lord. To to just you know illuminate the inside you know and, and I and I then tell the demon I said you know with that you know or, or you know Father in Jesus name you know let your Shekinah glory burn out expose these demons for where they're hiding you know because the, you know they run from light and and you know or you know we pray for angels in Jesus name Hebrews one seven and one fourteen uh, to go inside. Uh, with their swords drawn, with the blood of Jesus on both sides of the sword, and 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 start sticking them and stabbing them, and you know if possible, you know slicing them up and 
and, and you know, just just you know, giving them a hard time because you know, again, they're doing everything they can to not manifest. Uh, and so, you know, angels, you know, put the hooks in their jaws, like Leviathan, put the hooks in their jaws and start drawing them out in Jesus' name. And you know, yeah. we we have authority here. You know, I, I mean, it's not like we're 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 trying to trick these demons uh, into believing us. You know, we've got the power. We've we've got the authority. All we have to do is use it, and it it puts them on the run because they've had us on the run forever. Man, isn't that the truth? Uh, it's you about know? time they get evicted and kicked to the curb. Amen, brother. It's a it's about time that somebody speaks up and says, "No, I rebuke you in Jesus' name." And <laughs> and, and you know what did what did Jesus do in Luke chapter four when the when the devil came to him? He uh, you know first off, it, it's interesting because. Um, you know, the devil, when Jesus quoted the word of God, so did the devil. But the devil quoted it out of context. And so, you know, he's trying to trick Jesus. Uh, but eventually, you know, Jesus just said, you know, the Lord rebuke you. You know, get thee behind me, Satan. And and those are very powerful words. In fact, you know, you don't have to even make up your own words today. You know, I, I'm, I'm very, you know... I, I'll talk to demons if if the Lord flags me. Uh, you know what I mean by talk to them is I'll listen to them because they're always talking. I, I can't tell you how many times I'm in a deliverance session and I'm just like, shut up, demon. Just shut, you know I'm I'm tired of listening to you already. You know you're not saying anything that we need to know, so just shut up. And you know they get mad because how how dare you know a human being tell them to shut up. Um, but I, and I'm serious. You know I just I, I'm tired of listening to them. You know I I don't have time. You know, I'm not interested. Uh, I, you know, we've got them on the ropes, so you know why take the time to converse with them? Just, just keep you know, telling them to come out in Jesus' name. You Can know, you interrogate you have... them like a prisoner of war? You know, to find out how many more are in. I, um... I usually don't, Shannon, because because I listen. I just burrow in there. This is what Pastor Worley did. Now, yes, Pastor Worley interrogated, but he was writing books. I'm not writing books. I'm trying to get demons out of people. You know, what, what I've got here at Hegwish was something that I inherited. I most certainly did nothing to to have this ministry be, you know, where it is. That that was all by Pastor Worley. And when he, when, he, when he went home to be with the Lord and my name was called, I just stepped up and said, okay. Uh, you know, it was, but all of that stuff, you know, Shannon, there might be something new in deliverance. Um, I have my doubts. That there is, uh, I think. I think everything that the Lord wants us to know is out there. You know, people like Frank Ham and people like Pastor Worley. You know, the pioneers uh, that that were out there. That you know that that were doing. You know, the early battles. I think that's the stuff the Lord wants us to use now, because so much. There's so much of the of this newfangled. You know how many you know how many people. Um, you know, I heard about uh, a man. I'm not going to mention his name. Um, I was being interviewed for um, um, for a book that, by Michael Cuneo, and he was telling me about you know all these different deliverance ministers that he had run into from different denominations. And I was quite surprised at, at you know how many were actually uh, you know claiming to be in deliverance. Uh, but he said you know in one place he you know he he walked and walked in and sat down and and. Uh, Several women walked in, like walked around them like a circle. They just kind of walked around, walked out, the, walked out the door, and 
and then you know he the man came in for the interview and and uh he Michael Cuneo asked the guy he said, you know what was that about well he said they were they were just checking out for demons and Michael said well do I have any and the guy said no no you don't they were well, actually sniffing in the air right to try to smell them they yeah they were just <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, there's just a lot of bizarre stuff out there. And I think the things that Pastor Worley wrote, you know, his books are, are very, um, they're very pragmatic. They're, you know, not not even like um, uh, Pigs in the Parlor. One thing that, one thing that separates Pastor Worley uh, from, from everybody else is that uh, when he saw demons, he exposed them. Uh, so he didn't have a lot of friends because so many churches, Shannon, are are just demonized, and so many ministries that you know they're run by demons, or or you know there's demons working behind the scenes. They're just everywhere, and when you start exposing them, you know people get uncomfortable. Uh, you know, I mean that's what Jesus did. You know, he was exposing the works of the Pharisees. And uh, you know he turned he turned their apple cart upside down, uh, and uh, you know they uh, it, it's so easy today for people to get jealous and look, look at diatrophies over over in Three John, um, yes. you know, and he and that's a spirit that's a demon of diatrophies, and, and a lot of ministers will have that or people in leadership, uh, and you know they, they got their own little congregation going where they're they're, they're nice and comfortable, uh, you know they don't want anybody to rock the boat and. And so, you know, but they're not really going to help the people. And when somebody comes in that has the ability to help the people, they won't let him do it either. No, because you know, uh, what you're doing is you're exposing sin and exposing these demons, and now they're uh, they're in jeopardy of being uh, cast out of people, and they don't want to leave yeah. their homes. Um, yeah. What would you say, well, Pastor look, Michael? Shannon, look at how look at how jealousy. Can I mention one more thing? Oh yes, absolutely. Hey, look look at how jealousy and envy. Can work together. You'll notice in Scripture that that God will tell us that He's a jealous God, but you'll never read that He's an envious God, because jealousy, and both these things. Now, jealousy can be good. Most of the time, it's bad uh, because of our attitude. But jealousy is on top of something. It owns something. And it protects it. It's trying to protect it. Now, sometimes we can protect too much that, you know, we know something and we won't let other other people know. And that's where jealousy can be bad. But God is a jealous God because he owns it all and He pre, he's protecting what is his. But envy is on the bottom. And it's always looking up, wanting what it can't produce. And it will claw, kill, Maim it will do whatever it has to 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 get what it can't produce, and so you know the scripture says that that you know even Pilate knew that Jesus was delivered unto him because of envy, and envy will kill, and there are just so many churches that you know they got their own thing going, uh, and you know they think the Lord's in it, but you know because because the money's coming in. Don't think that the devil can't bless a church with money. I guarantee you, he has a lot of finances that are that are that are easily accessible. 
You know, don't think that he can't make somebody, you know, when, when they're hooting and hollering and, you know, being slain in the spirit uh, and, you know, having all these charismaniac things going on in their life that they think is the Lord. Don't think that the devil can't make you feel good. Address that for a moment. You know, uh, in a lot of churches, <clears throat> you see people, they call it slain in the spirit. Um, and, you know, not everything is a is the Holy Spirit. Clearly, um, what's going on there? Well, it, it's demons manifesting. It, it's funny because this actually happened. You know, Pastor Worley um, taught this uh, in the church. There, there was a, a full gospel businessmen's meeting uh, where some ladies came to one of our workshops. And Pastor Roy had mentioned this, that, that, you know, if people are slain in the spirit and they start, you know, and they go out and it's a, it's a demon and you could just walk up there and, you know, just say, you know, start coming, you know, asking or tell the demon to come out in Jesus' name. Well, these ladies, they believed them. <laughs> and and so uh, they were at a full gospel businessmen's meeting with their husbands, and uh, there was there was somebody who was there, you know, flipping them like fish and putting their hands on them, and you know, people falling out. It just it just looks so cool, you know. And, and people are going down. Number one, I, I bet you that if the people knew no, there wasn't a catcher behind them, you couldn't knock them over with a hammer. Now that's just my personal opinion, but you know, because there's got to be a catcher, or they won't fall. But, so there's a catcher there, and people are falling all over the place. Well, these ladies went up, and they, they remembered what Pastor Roy said. And so they said, they walked up to the, to, I believe, if I remember correctly, it might have been a lady that they knew. Uh, and and they, they just started to command those demons to come out in Jesus' name. And that thing manifested. And, of course, they were asked to leave, um, you know, because they, you know, they were, they were looked at as, as being, you know, uh, troublemakers there. But, Many times, in fact, I believe all the time, um, you start slaying in the spirit. And I know that there are a lot of brothers and sisters out there that might be, might be in disagreement with me. And that's okay. You know, you guys need to check it out for yourself. But at least check it out. Don't, don't, don't trust what other people are doing because those that even believe in it are just deceived. Well, amen. Because what happened to uh, Ananias and Sapphira? <laughs> well, they, they didn't, you know, uh, they were slain in the spirit. Now, if you want that kind of slaying in the spirit to come back to the church, you know, you and I, brother, we'd be speaking to nobody. And that's that's, they were literally slain. <laughs> uh, how we misuse oh, yeah. that word, you know? I mean, they were killed uh, yes, from lying to the Holy like Spirit. It's like the prophets of today, you know. You know, Shannon, I've told you that, you know, I'm wound a little tight sometimes. And, and you know, I'll, I'll only speak about things that I know. But, you know, I, I have a problem with some of the prophetic movement in the New Testament, you know, in the in the New Testament church. Um, but putting that aside, you know, for those that, that want to be prophets and, and, you know, cause there's so many prophets today. And if you, if you don't know that, just, you know, look at the business card that they give you and, you know, it's got their name on there, prophet so-and-so or prophetess, uh, so-and-so. And, uh, um, what happened to all of God's prophets in the old Testament? Brother, uh, they were sawed in half. They were killed. Killed. You know, so. I wouldn't want to go there Are there prophets myself. today? Yes. I, I think the office is different than what it was in the Old Testament. <laughs> what, let me uh, but ask I, you a I mean, question. I, but I believe, I believe that you know, the office of the prophet is still open today in the New Testament. Sure. It, it's just different because there's nothing new. When Jesus said it was finished, it, it's finished. God will reveal himself, but it will always be through his word. It will always be through the truth of his word. 
Um, you know, and there's just so much. There's just so much prophecy today that is, that is really nothing more than a word of exhortation. And folks, were you know, if you um, if you want to be a prophet, well, what would you say if God told you to go lay naked on the side of the road and sit there for six months, like Ezekiel, I think it was? I think there'd be a lot of people be thinking twice. Um, are there prophets? Yes, but I don't believe the true prophets have to, um, you know, give their calling card out and say, "My name is Prophet So and So," because there's clearly true prophets and false prophets. Look in Jeremiah's time. You know, Jeremiah told them what was coming. Oh man! Uh, they were going to the what, captivity. What the other guy, and he was tortured, was he not? Ter- terribly. For telling the truth, the other guy basically said, uh, you know, Egypt uh, will come down to help us, and within two years we'll be victorious. You know, he died. Yep. So, uh, you know, there's true prophets and there's false prophets. We've got to have discernment. And about the, you know, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, uh, you believe in the, the gift of the Holy Spirit, do you not? Amen. Amen. Surely we do. But clearly, you go into some of these churches... And uh, they call everything the Holy Spirit. You've got people that um, their heads are whipping back and forth, and they're hissing, and they're jumping around and flipping over the floor like a uh, a fish out of water, and screaming. They had one lady who was just running, bouncing against the walls. They were calling down the fire. She was literally being roasted. And um, they'll say, that's the Holy Spirit. And folks, that's not the Holy Spirit. Uh, You need to have discernment to know. And... uh, I guess that's one way to do it. You go up there, and if someone says they've been slain, go lay hands on them. And if you, you sure. start binding that demon and they manifest, that surely wasn't the Holy Spirit. Amen. Maybe the Amen. Holy Spirit knocked the demon, uh, demonized person on the floor. Is that could that be possible? Uh, yeah. Now I, you know, there's two things. I believe that some people have this power, the occult, witchcraft, to knock people over. Uh, I, you know, a lot of times, a lot of times. I mean, of course, witchcraft is real. Sometimes it's a trick of the devil, and sometimes it's actual power. But um, when it's when it's power, um, you know, some of these people they'll lay hands on, and, and people will fall backwards, and and you know they don't really have any choice uh, in the matter. Uh, but some are t- almost trained, uh, tricked, trained, you know, that uh, that to experience that. You know, they already know that when the person's hand comes on, you know, that they're going to fall backwards. But let me tell you about something that happened to me. I was, I was, um, I was invited to Venezuela for a, for a big, big deliverance conference. Um, Frank Marzula was there, and, and uh, but there were and there were other people. One person t- teaching on the gifts, and uh, there was another person invited who was teaching on uh, the manifold, uh, the uh, manifest sons of God doctrines, and it, it was it was interesting. I didn't know all of who was going to be there. Um, uh, but uh, these were, you know, a kind of highly, you know, uh, charismatic uh, type people uh, that were sponsoring this meeting, uh, and so it was a it was a good sized crowd. Well, you know, well over a thousand people in the auditorium, and uh, when when it came time for the ministers to minister, uh, you know, they lined up the ministers, and I saw what they were doing, and I hid, and. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, you know, they were going to start slaying people in the spirit, and I don't believe in that. So I, I went off to the side and I made myself, you know, inconspicuous, and somebody found me. Uh, oh man! Yeah, and and they brought me out there, um, and I, you know, my Spanish isn't very good, you know, so we use interpreters, and uh, you know, I said, listen, I, I don't believe in this, and and. 
I mean, they didn't care. So, uh, I, and I had a lot of people in my line. And so all I started to do is just, I said, Lord, I said, please, don't let anybody I touch fall. Because I didn't know what else to do. And so I would lay my hands on people, and I start commanding the demons to come out in Jesus' name. And nobody fell. Not one person. In fact, by the time I got to my fourth or fifth person, my line was gone. Because everybody had gone to other lines because they wanted to oh, be slain in the Spirit. See, I was laying hands on people, and they weren't falling. So I guess I didn't have the power. Oh, my goodness. And let me, let me just qualify something I said, people. Uh, I do believe the power of God can knock sure. someone down. Absolutely. Can put them on their knees. You know, Jesus spoke a word, and all the the people fell backwards in the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, I have no, I have no right, doubt. But they about fell that. in judgment, brother. They fell in judgment backwards. Amen. You'll notice in the scripture that when people fall backwards, it's always in judgment. When they fall in reverence to the God, in reverence to God, or they're die, you know, God smotes them. They fall forward. Okay, Big there you difference. go. Big there difference. you go. Amen. Uh, and I, I will uh, testify to that. I. Uh, was at a church one time, my grandfather's church, and he had this young televangelist come in. Actually, he became a televangelist. I won't mention his name. And I remember uh, so us, the youth, you know, I was maybe 18 at the time. We were sitting up on the front row, and we got up there uh, to be prayed for. And I remember the guy coming up to him, and he says, now what I'm going to do is I'm going to touch you, and you're going to fall backwards. Yeah, there you go. Well, okay, I mean, you that's know, what I'll do then. I mean, come on, uh, folks. Uh, I mean, we need to have discernment. And, you know, there's a guy who exposed a lot of this, uh, a guy named Andrew Strom. He got yeah. a video called Shocking, and I just merely sent it around to some brothers, and literally they had, uh, within hours of getting it, their demons were so ruffled that they parted company with me, threw me under the bus, you know, so. They also did with Andrew. <laughs> you know, Andrew you, Andrew used to be real big in the charismatic movement. Really? And he just started, he, yeah, he, I've never met him. I've, I've read some of his stuff. Um and if if i remember correctly you know he was uh he was in the prophetic you know he was he was you know right there in the in the charismatic movement and he just questioned stuff you know what's wrong with questioning things you know there's nothing wrong you know if you're seeking the truth you know some people come and they start questioning deliverance you know you can tell people sincerity and you know Amen. uh what you know what he, he, you know brother even at our last conference just a, just a couple weeks ago uh there were a couple guys that came in here uh, to check us out, and you know you can almost spot these people a mile away, uh, and so I kept my eye on them. You know, one was taking some pictures, and and they they weren't here for the ministry. They were they were here for other reasons. So you know, I pulled them aside and talked to them. They assured me that they weren't there for other reasons. Um, but I, I had the most bizarre, weird conversations with them uh, after the mass deliverance, uh, and and. You know, they're just ringers that, that, you know, a lot of times, you know, Satan will, will send in. But you can tell the sincere people, it's okay to ask questions. Oh, amen. You know, to find out why something is going on. Amen. We should. Uh, otherwise, uh, yeah. folks, we'll, we'll have no discernment, and you'll end up in a prayer line with a demonized man who will lay hands on you, and you could walk in out of there with a demon, like it happened during the, some of the Lakeland revival down there. Uh, <laughs> I bet. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, that, it, it's sad. Uh, you know, you have people that will hit you with their jacket and come up and blow on you. And yeah. uh, I don't believe the Lord operates that way, brother. You know, I I, I saw on a uh, video clip, which I have. Um, in fact, you can get this video clip from uh, Dr. Chambers, uh, uh, Joseph Chambers out there. I believe he's in, he's in North Carolina. And uh, on this video clip, 
Benny Hinn is is uh, that's right. He he's beside himself. Okay, I mean you know you, the guys the guys you know any anybody that would look at him that didn't either know what he was doing or trying to do you you'd think that you know you might want to call the people in the white coats you know, um, and so. You know, I, I mean, he's he's so he's so manifest. I thought he was gonna. I thought you know, I, I thought you were gonna see him foaming at the mouth. You know, and so uh, you know, and he's calling down fire from heaven. Now Kenneth Copeland and um, um, Paul Crouch from TBN uh, are in this meeting, yeah. and and Benny's call, you know calling down you know fire fire you know and, and wow. you know you know they're strange fire. That oh, yeah. uh, Aaron Aaron's sons used, and uh, they found out the hard way, you know what it was to call down that strange fire. Um, but uh, so Benny's waving his coat, and people are you know falling over, flopping like fish out of water. Uh, and, and this was very interesting because um, Benny then looks down or looks out into the audience, and uh, and he he's calling uh, Copeland and Crouch up to the stage. And if you listen closely, I didn't catch this. In fact, uh, I somebody else caught this, and it was, you know, this this uh, tape at the time, you know, was out for a long time. Um, but uh, you can hear him. I mean, again, he's beside himself, and he's, you know, he's in a he's in a you know different voice than his own, and, and he's calling Copeland and and Crouch up there. And, and as he's doing, he's saying, you know, he's saying, "Fire! I am God." Oh my goodness. I am God, he says. Wow! Now you can hear this with your own ears. You don't li- you don't have to take my word for it. Uh, get hold, uh, you know, Chambers. I think WRW uh, still carries the tape. Uh, we're, we're getting it on DVD. Uh, it's just you know Benny Hinn uh, in a guttural demonic voice cursing people. He says, "I curse anybody uh, that, yep. that comes against my ministry." Um, he prayed. Yes, he prays, by the way, uh, Shannon. Maybe, maybe you remember this. He prays to the Master Jesus. Now, I've never heard anybody pray to the Master Jesus before. I've never heard that term used; those two words in conjunction with each other, Master Jesus. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the you know he, the great Master that walked the earth, or whatever. But you know, I've just never heard anybody pray. Uh, you know, in in that in that type of name, and here Benny Hinn, you know, again with with a with a guttural voice, and and you know he's praying to the Master Jesus. Well, the Master Jesus is the ruling spirit; it's the strong man over the Christian Church. I got that directly from Alice Bailey's material. Uh, she's you know she was the grandmother, so to speak, uh, of the New Age movement, and many people study her writings. In fact, you know her writings are are kind of like the, you know the school books of uh, of you know of what the New Age learns from. Um, Let me so, see if I understand you correctly. He wasn't praying to the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He was no. praying to a demonic spirit that um, is masquerading, and it calls itself Master Jesus. Clearly. I mean, wow. and it's 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 so clear, you know, for a believer to watch that and know. Now, I, I'm not saying that Benny even know Benny knows what he's doing. I I don't know. I've never talked to him well, about this. I, I, you know, I've often thought, um, Shannon, that because um, I try, I you know, I one time I was traveling a lot, and I still I still you know travel enough, and you know, I always wondered when I got on these airplanes. You know, I'm always looking in first class because, of course, I fly coach. 
um, I'm always looking at first class to see if I'd recognize any of these guys because I'd love to ask them, you know, where do you get this from? You know, I, it, you know where, where, where is your authority in Scripture? I, I would ask them if I, would, if I ever met them. Uh, I never met them. I, I never found them. And I, I thought one day, you know, Lord, you know, what and is it? You never that, will, you know, my brother. They don't fly first class. They fly no, on their they, Lear they've jets. got their own jets. They've got their own jets. Um, one of many. Some of them have three parked on the airport right now. <laughs> You know, and uh, and then they'll trade that up to a higher one that has the twenty thousand dollar toilet seat. Yeah, um, I just you know I just thought you know and that's what the Lord said. I mean, He just showed me. He says they have their own jets. That's why I never see them on the planes. Well, you know, uh, it was Doctor Pat Holiday that told us about um, Benny Hinn that he had actually gotten a key to Catherine Kuhlman's grave, and he can go in and out at will, and he will go over there and lie on the grave, and he will summon up uh, power, as he calls it, I've put his that. hand on it, and you know, gets a uh, uh, an inner uh, boost <laughs> right from Catherine oh, yeah. Coleman out of her casket. I mean, that's oh, yeah. necromancy. He said again. You know, we we've got it on an old audio tape. No, we not on video, but um, but all, we have it just on audio. Uh, where you know he he says that you know power is coming from the grave of, of Coleman and uh, and Amy Simple McPherson. Um, you know, that, and and. And people have been healed at their graves. Well, well, brother, that's called necromancing. You got you yep. got communication with demons going on there. And in the Old Testament, God just smote you dead. That's right. That's you what happened to Saul. God. He died because of that. Thank God for grace. You know, he went to see the witch of Endor, and he was committing suicide not too long after that. Yeah. Oh man, what a story that is. Yeah, I mean, you know, talk about a uh, you know demonized man. Yeah. Uh, an yeah. actual spirit of suicide caused him to fall on his sword. Yeah. I read that? read that story correctly, and that's sad, you know. But uh, well, now there is a question people ask. Well, but I thought uh, Benny Hinn cast out demons. Uh, is he really casting out a demon? Um, can anyone cast out a demon simply by using the name of Jesus Christ? Um, what's your thought on that? Well, anybody who, you know, real quick, if you, um, it's second you got plenty of time. Second Corinthians, um, I believe it's ten. As I'm as I'm turning over there, Second Corinthians ten. There's a very interesting set of verses. Um, yeah, Second Corinthians ten, <clears throat> and uh, starting in verse three, it says, you know, for though we uh, of uh, yeah, Second Corinthians ten three, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down, and that word casting down in the Greek means violently casting down. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And, and those verses are quoted a lot in the deliverance ministry, and they're very good verses. Uh, but verse 6 really ties it all together, and you hear very few people repeat this. And it says, and having in a readiness to revenge, or avenge, it says in the Greek also, all disobedience when your, or when our obedience is fulfilled. Whoa. Wow. So now it puts that, that whole set of verses there in context, that, that, you know, having in a readiness to avenge, you know, we, we want to pay these demons back, for what they've done to us, for what they've done, you know, to the person that we're that we're praying for or whatever. Uh, so it says, you know, having in a readiness to avenge all disobedience 
when our obedience is fulfilled. See, our obedience does have something to do with deliverance. Now, it doesn't mean that we have to be perfect to cast out devils because we'll never be perfect. That's right. We, we, you know, God left us uh, in, a, in a body uh, that craves sin, uh, that, that does, it, it sins as often as it can. Uh, and, and everybody is still just a sinner saved by grace. Um, you know, our, in our spirit, we're sealed until the day of redemption. In our spirit, we're perfectly clean. But, but again, we have our body that, you know, that just craves evil things. And, you know, so the more we die to ourselves of, of those things, the more power we're going to have or, or authority, exousia, you know, that we're going to have in our lives. So, you know, I believe that when people like Benny Hinn, who are just showmen, I, I call them I call them Christian carnival barkers. You know what a carnival barker yep. is? You know, step yeah. right up. Step, you know, see the <laughs> snake lay. You know, and and that's all these guys are. They're just they're just right. Christian carnival barkers. Uh, and I don't think they have any power. I think what I mean. I think they have no power from God. You know, I think whatever deliverance they do uh, is, is just a joke. And if demons are manifesting, uh, it's just you know they're in cahoots with them. Well, you know, and amen. And if God were to, uh, you know, deliver someone in the name of Jesus Christ, uh, that doesn't mean that person is going to be uh, standing before God and uh, brought into the kingdom because there's some that are going to cast out demons. He's going to say, I never knew you. Depart from me. You know, Shannon, there you go. There, There is a lot. Now, I can't tell you how much, but just by seeing, you know, all the different deliverance and, and, and what, you know, I, I, I'm not a novice. Okay, I may not be an expert, uh, but I'm most certainly not a novice. Uh, I've been doing this for 30 years, and I've seen a lot. I've talked to a lot of people, um, good and bad, pro and con. And, and with the amount of different deliverance that's out there, there's a lot of manifestations that are nothing more than that. These are demons that are playing games, and, and the minister, the person that's in charge, doesn't know any better. Because, woo, you know, they got these demons to manifest. Well, that's all these demons are doing. And, and you know, they're saying, you know, oh, I'm leaving in joy. <laughs> you know, and, and, and nothing's happening. No, in fact, that's, a, no, that's a tactic of some of them, is it not? To kind of fool you, to make you think you that they got out? No real, no real deliverance is going on. And, and, sure. and here's the thing, Shannon. You know, people are, because they've got to interrogate. Now, you know, boy, they got, well, you know, they, what's, what's your name? Well, who cares what the demon's name is? You know, if you're if you're commanding anger and bitterness and strife to come out, if the person comes up for prayer and says, you know, I I've just got this uncontrollable anger and, and I just really need prayer, and she start you know calling anger, you know, and that thing's manifesting all over the place, and you say, what's your name? You know, what's your name? Well, who cares what the demon's name is? As long as it comes out, right? Get that thing out in Jesus' name. <laughs> That's right. You know, I, I mean, it just it it. We we interrogate for a lot of times for reasons just for the spectacular. Jesus will not bless the spectacular. I've turned down interviews with with, with radio stations and TV stations. The uh, um, um, somebody wanted to do a big series on us. Was it the uh, National Geographic channel? Uh, wow! You know because they're because and I turned them all down. You mean you don't go around I, with a two foot cross, hit people on the head with it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course you're going to think you're getting deliverance. Man, that hurts. <laughs> but, you know, 
they're into the sensationalism of the ministry. And yes, this ministry is sensational. But it's sensational in Jesus Christ, not in Amen. anything else. And, and the very second, Shannon, that we get the big head. Oh, man, look at that demon. I called that thing on Jesus' name. And that thing, man, see the word I. Yet that word I in there. Well, that's, you know, that's it, right. It's the middle, yeah, because it's the, it's the middle initial in pride. It's also Amen. the middle initial in sin. So, you know, it, for us, you know, it, it, it's got to be. It's got to be a humility for us. You know, Lord, thank you so much. All, all glory and honor, Lord, you know, for that demon coming out. Not look what I did. All we can do, Shannon, is cause a mess. Amen. Brother, you know? that's right. It's about Jesus Christ, not about anything else. Yeah. Or um, we're, we need deliverance. Uh, get in the line. Uh, a lot of people have pride. Is that one? You talk about um, some of the bigger and stronger demons. Um, if you had to classify them, what is what have you run into? What are the really big ones? That uh, well, of course, pride, because okay. pride is what is what caused Lucifer's throw out of heaven. Wow. Okay, it's going to be big. Uh, so I kind of look at the top. Uh, you know, like you look at the Illuminati symbol, uh, symbol on the back of the dollar bill. You know, the, the pyramid of Giza. Yes. Like a triangle. Um, there, there's a um, in. Um, it may be Ecclesiastes. Uh, I think it's Solomon who says that, that a threefold cord is not easily broken. Uh, and for anybody who knows anything about cords, when you know when you wrap cords together, uh, I'm not I'm not a um, uh, a knot type of person. But um, I read one time that um, the threefold cord is 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 by far the strongest because each cord, because the way it's it's wound around each other, strengthens each other. You know, if you have one cord, it just snaps. If you have two, you know, even 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 twisted together, it'll snap because the second cord is not is not strengthening the first cord. It, it's strengthening the cord, but it's not strengthening uh, it's strengthening the, you know uh, um, uh, the pull that you can put on it. But it's not strengthening the cord itself. But the threefold cord strengthens itself. You know, the, the more wow. pressure that yes. you, the more you pull on the threefold cord, the more it tightens up and, and it does its job. Uh, and so a threefold cord is not easily broken. And if, there are a few threefold cords of Satan in the scripture. Number one, uh, uh, rejection, rebellion, and pride. That's a triumphant uh, w- within the demonic that is very strong. That work, you know, wherever you find pride, you're going to find rejection because rejection is the antithesis of pride. Okay. So like uh, a, a family of demons that if you find absolutely. one, absolutely you, you, you can look at it as, as yes, yep. Okay. Yep. And so you know wherever there is pride, you're going to find spirits of rejection because people who are rejected open up to pride because that's the only thing that helps them to be accepted. Okay. Instead so of accepting just, themselves for who they are, yes. for who you know, uh, for what Christ has done in their lives, or even just how Jesus has saved them, you know, they don't like themselves because, you know, well, their hair is not as good as, as everybody else. Well, brother, let me tell you, hair is overrated on a man. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll move on. Um, so, like, bitterness you know, and unforgiveness, uh, do those go along with each other? A- absolutely, because, well, you know, when you, have, when you have, it's rejection, rebellion, and pride. That, that's a triumphant okay. there uh, that works, that the devil uses very much, because... When 
the rebellion is there. You know, rebellion is not witchcraft. When the Lord says it's as the sin of witchcraft, he just means it's as serious. It's not that it's totally related to witchcraft. Witchcraft and rebellion are two different things. But it's as serious. It's, it's as uh, witchcraft. He didn't say it is witchcraft. He, he says it's as witchcraft. But it's very serious because, uh, you know, rebellion, you know, it opens the door to bitterness and unforgiveness. And, and the minute we don't forgive, you know, First John 1, 9, the minute we don't forgive, then our Heavenly Father doesn't forgive us. Now, that's not talking about salvation. That, that's not even really specifically talking about sin. What it's talking about is, you know, Shannon, if, I'm, uh, if somebody offends me, uh, and uh, or does something wrong to me, and I'm holding bitterness or forgive, unforgiveness against them, and all of a sudden, um, you know, let's say I have an issue, and I go to the Lord, and I say, Lord, man, I got this problem, and you know, well, Lord, don't you hear me? And hello, heaven, are are you are you open today? And heaven seems to be silent. Well, that's because we've not forgiven the other person, wow. because the word forgive. Like in First John one nine, if we uh, if we confess our sins, uh, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That word forgive means to let go. We need to let other people go of the things that they've done against us. What, what, whether whether they're cognizant of it, whether they whether they like us or not, it's not about them. It's about us. So what you're and, saying is. Uh... That could be one of the reasons. Maybe people say, well, I can't hear from God, or I pray and pray and He doesn't answer me. Oh, bingo. Uh-oh. Absolutely. Because, wow. we're, because look, well, what's the, what are we told in Scripture? What's, what's, the, what's the parable? The man, you know, the man that, you know, had a whole bunch, you know, that he owed the king a whole bunch, and he couldn't pay, you know? And, and you know, the king had, the king had uh, um, uh, mercy on him, you know? And let him pay just a little bit because you know he bargained with the king. Well, then that guy, that same guy, he he had um, um, somebody who owed him money, and he wanted to throw him in jail. And, and and I mean, and this guy, when the king heard that 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 he didn't forgive this man just as the king forgave him, he threw him in jail. And, and the scripture says that if we don't forgive, our heavenly Father won't forgive us. And so heaven is silent when we're holding bitterness or unforgiveness uh, or, we, we, you know, we've got a problem against somebody. Because the scripture says both ways. You know, when we have a problem with somebody, okay, we go to them and we try and fix it. As long as we honestly go to them and try and fix it, then the Lord will have our back. But, okay. you know, if we don't do that, okay, then, then God won't forgive us, you know, when we need it, when we, when, you know, when we have a problem you know, Lord, I need help, and people aren't getting help. There's no deliverance. You know, there's nobody coming into their life. You know, there, there, there's no amount of slain in the Spirit that's going to help them. You know, people laying hands on them and prophesying, that's not going to help them. Heaven is going to be silent. Wow, heaven, so, God will, he won't even be listening, will he? The, the Scripture even says, you know, uh, Shannon, if I knew that um, that you had... You know, it's not only if you had something against me. If if you knew that I had something, you would have to come to me. I mean, it works both ways. You know, whether, that's not whether, bad we, enough. whether we're holding against 
somebody personally or whether they're holding against us. The scripture says we still need to work it out. And by the way, Shannon, uh, I don't know the verse for this. I can, I can pull it up the next time. But the script, Jesus said that, uh, he says, when you're in the way with your adversary, he says, do everything you can to fix that problem. Because yeah. if you have to go to court, Jesus said, the judge is going to rule against you, you're going to go to jail, and you're going to pay everything that the judge says you're going to pay. Uh, um, you you know, won't get until out until the get, last cent is paid. Until you, you, you won't get out until the last cent is paid. And what Jesus is telling us there is that he says when you're in the way with your adversary, what, when you have an opportunity to fix a problem, you fix it. You, in fact, Jesus says you do everything you can. To fix that problem, you don't go to that brother one time. You go several times. You keep going. You you do everything you can to fix that problem. Because if you don't, when that when that brother turns on you, or or those chickens come home to roost, so to speak, you're, you and whatever punishment and, and we're gonna and and how many times do we? Oh Lord, I got so and so with that person's file a lawsuit against me, and oh Lord, I need you to stand up for me. I'm telling you, heaven is silent. Because we didn't do what we could when the opportunity came up. Wow. The Lord says when you have the opportunity, take care of it. Because if not, you're going to cry into heaven, and heaven's going to say nothing. You know, and if that wasn't bad enough, uh, bitterness and unforgiveness can also, these spirits can also bring in uh, cancer and arthritis. Oh, absolutely. They can bring in all kinds of sickness. Hey, there's there's a good book out there by this guy. Uh, I think his name's Don Cherry, Dr. Cherry. Yes. Um, and it's, it's um, oh, what's it called? Emotions. Uh, Deadly Emotions, it's called. What an excellent book. This guy, uh, this doctor, he's got a lot of little books out there, but this is a, this is a regular good-sized book. Uh, and he ties in, he shows how words that are used against people, um, how they affect them, Physically and spiritually, uh, and, and he because you know being a doctor, he explains it in, in only ways that doctors can, you know, on how you know when 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 your body gets shocked, you know, you you say something to somebody and it offends them. It doesn't just offend them in the ears; it, it goes all the way through the body because all those cells transmit information, and, and this is something that you know doctors don't know a lot about and and of course we you know don't know a lot about uh but i'm sure the demons somehow take advantage of this uh, it's called deadly emotions it's an excellent book for those that are in deliverance because it shows it shows you know that how demons can work behind the scenes you know because of these things that are you know cuz words can hurt people oh amen there uh, uh, that's the dr reginald cherry is that right yeah, that's his name, yeah. Uh, yeah. And you were saying uh, sticks and stones? Well, you know, we have that old saying when we were children, you know, sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me. That's not true. Names hurt us a lot. In yeah, fact, in fact, over in, um, I believe it's over in Acts 15, um, uh, words were used to subvert the souls of God's people. And that word, in fact, in fact um, let me turn over there real quick. That's actually uh, a word curse uh, someone puts against someone. Is that right? Well, what it did, uh, Paul, you know, the, the um, they had gone to Jerusalem, uh, the, the disciples, because they had an issue, and, and James helped settle that. And um, uh, but this was a letter uh, written to uh, to the churches at Antioch, 
Uh, and, and it says for as, in verse 24 uh, of Acts 15, it says, For as much as we have heard that certain which went out from us have troubled you with words subverting your souls. And I thought, well, that's, now that's kind of interesting. And so I, I did a little research on that. Uh, and those words, they, they've troubled you with thoughts and reasonings uh, that that word subverting literally uh, I can't pronounce it in the Greek because uh, I don't, uh, you know, anakuzo or something, uh, but it means to pack up like a suitcase. Oh. So what what is the idea of when you're packing a suitcase? You're going somewhere. That's right. And this these words, they trouble your, you with thoughts and reasonings that pack up your soul like a suitcase because they're trying to fragment your soul. Okay. And your soul can get fragmented by words that are used against us. Oh, my goodness. That's, uh, that's why we have to be very careful about the words that we say to people. Wow. Because we can literally... Fra- I think one of the biggest problems in Christianity today, including the Deliverance Church, is how many people have fragmented souls. They're not all there. You know, they, it's similar to the vagabond spirit. You know, they wander from relationship to relationship, Bible to Bible, church to church. You know, they can't ever really seem to sink their roots down. You know, and, and they think to themselves, you know, I just, I'm just not, I just don't feel like myself. You know, I, I just don't, I don't feel like I'm all here. They're well, literally not all there, are they? They're, they're not all there. You know, and, and, you know, they go, of course, you know, people put them, you know, doctors will put them on medication. What they need is their soul restored unto them, Psalm 7. Wow, yes. Uh, didn't David pray, the Lord yep. restoreth my soul? Well, um, yeah. <laughs> we can be restored. I mean, there's people that say, hey, uh, I don't know what's wrong. I just don't have the capacity to love. Maybe yeah. they've been in uh, 200 relationships before, and they're so fragmented Every person that they've slept with, for example, has gotten a piece of their soul that now there's not much left there. It sucked all the love out of their out of their lives. Okay, that's so exactly, that's exactly it, right, Shannon. If someone's tuning in right now and says, "Hey, that's me, Pastor Michael," um, what can a person do if they believe that? Uh, yeah, they've lost a lot of their soul out there, scattered all around. Well, you know, I've been I've been talking again for quite a while, and and just a couple more things. Um, but, you know, I know that Pastor John uh, did a mass deliverance earlier, uh, and maybe I can specifically uh, do a little bit of praying before, you know, before uh, we leave the air tonight. Um, oh, absolutely. Uh, we uh, on the radio and pray for restoration uh, of yeah. the souls. And, and you know, there, there's good reason to, uh, to do this. Um, um, can I have some time to speak on some things about the soul? Oh, absolutely. In fact, uh, we've got plenty of time. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Omega Man Radio Network. We've got Pastor Michael Thier of Hegewish Church. Uh, Pastor Michael, for those just tuning in, give out your contact information. Well, we are um, HBC Delivers, uh, all one word, uh, .org for our website. Uh, and uh, we're getting, uh, by the way, if you go out to our website and you want to see what we're about, some of the different speakers that uh, speak here uh, at the church, uh, right on our uh, the front of our home page, if you just scroll down a little bit, uh, it'll take you to a whole bunch of different YouTube videos 
that uh, that have been put out there. We do that after every conference. Uh, we've got quite a few of them now out uh, on YouTube. Um, but for Pastor Roy's material, uh, and, and brothers and sisters, there's a lot of people's material out there that will help people. Uh, and, and, and there really is a fair amount that will help people. But the one thing about Pastor Worley is that he was right down the line. Uh, he, you know, he didn't care if he offended you, uh, and I mean, he wouldn't offend you on purpose, but he, he, he wrote down what he found out about the demons from the demons themselves. And of course, they can lie, but he just, he was so tenacious, uh, that, uh, they can also tell the truth. Plus, a lot of stuff was checked out on, on what we call the laboratory or the floor uh, of, the, uh, of the church here. But um, you can trust Pastor Roy's material it, it will, if you do it, if you follow what he says to do, it will work in your life. That, that's the one nice thing you know, about it. Um, you know, again, there's a lot of other techniques that people you know, pass along that they say gets demons out. Um, but one thing that Pastor Worley did is he made sure that um, there was no filler or fluff uh, in the books. Uh, it's all about deliverance, and uh, you can find that at wrwpublications.com. And uh, there's quite a bit of Pastor Worley's material and some that's being up for reprint right now, uh, which we hope to have back in print pretty soon. But uh, a lot of good deliverance material out there. Well, praise God. Amen. And uh, you know what? We cannot get enough uh, mass deliverance, Pastor Michael. So um, what I'd like you to do is, uh, and folks, listen, there is so many, so much we need to talk about. I can't possibly get it all into the uh, the five hours tonight that I have Pastor Michael on. This guy. <laughs> I'm like, no, I, won't, oh. I won't hold him five hours. Three, okay. <laughs> Boy, um, I was quiet on that one. <laughs> but uh, now listen, we got, we're going to have a series with Pastor Michael because, um, I mean, there's so many areas that we need to cover. Uh, in, in fact, I would like you just to give a broad swath. Uh, people are saying, well, how can I get a demon? Um, what are the different ways that uh, demons can come in, Pastor Michael? Wow. Well, And maybe course, what we have to do is do a series and we'll hit each one of them. But We can. Um, what are some Any, of the anything gateways? Anything you want, brother. Any, anything you one want. One of them is uh, sexual relations, which you're going to speak on a little bit tonight. Fragmented soul. Yeah. You can get, that's one way, right? Soul ties. Soul ties. You, you, it's so easy to spot soul ties. In fact, you know, for the moms and dads that may be listening, uh, you know, you'll see them with your children. They they go out and they meet, you know, Johnny, somebody new down the block, or or somebody at school, and they come home different. You know, they they come home with an attitude, or they come home speaking different. Um, you'll see it in, in, in teens a lot also. Uh, again, you know, it's like the personality has changed. Well, what they've done is they've, they've formed an ungodly soul tie with somebody, and demons can travel upon those soul ties. So wow. uh, we, we can break those also tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Generational of, of, curses? Generational curses. You know, for for years, you know, it was amazing. Uh, in the early days, or in the day, you know, when Pastor Worley was here, uh, before doctors, before you went to the doctor, or now when you go to the doctor, they they want a history. You know, uh, you know, if you go in for, you know, you got a little pain in your chest, well, they want to know. You know, what? How about you know, in the generation prior, what happened with your dad? Before that, they want a history because they know now that sickness comes down the generational line. It's the same thing with like men mental issues. 
you know, if you think you're the Queen of England, uh, you know, they'll they'll examine you and they'll want to know. Well, you know, how is mom? You know, did mom have any issues or aunts? You know, you know, direct line there. Uh, our grandmothers, and and so you give also a family history of them. But years before doctors did this, Pastor Worley um, was you know was teaching. Uh, on these things coming down the family line. Uh, the medical community just woke up one day, uh, you know, and they discovered something that the deliverance people had already known for at least 10 years, and that's demons coming down the family line. Uh, a lot of this stuff can be taken care of through prayer. The, the problem that we have today is that we're so far down the line of time. Uh, you know, God, I think, it, you know, pretty soon is getting ready to put a period uh, on the end of time. And, uh, you know, sin is so easy for us today. It is just, you know, it's just around us, um, you know, so it's so prevalent uh, through the TV, through the radio, through the Internet. Uh, you know, it's just everywhere that we go, songs that we listen to in restaurants, um, that, you know, we're just constantly opening ourselves up to the demons. But still, we can break those curses off of our lives and not pass them on to our children. Which is which is real nice, man. Isn't um, that the truth? Uh, so music is a gateway. Um, let's see. Uh, what about the internet? Like uh, internet porn. If someone decided to go over there and look at a naked picture, uh, chances are they're going to have a demon. Yeah, you know what was interesting when I first um, when I got saved, um, I was I was I got deliverance from homosexuality. Uh, demons manifest, and I was surprised because I'd never been involved in it. Uh, and what the Lord showed me was that. You know, I used to sing, uh, a lot of these groups I used to listen to, Budgie and UFO and, you know, some of that old-time, you know, heavy metal stuff. Um, and because those were my friends, you know, those were the people that, that, you know, I liked and got information from. And so I had ungodly soul ties with them, and their demons transferred to me because I was in agreement with them. Because well, Romans 6.16 tells us, to whomsoever we give ourselves over, servants to obey, his servants we are, to whom we obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. And so a Christian can have it any way he wants it, he or she wants it. You know, we can have the curses. You know, Deuteronomy 28, we all love the beginning, you know, the front part of that. You know, it talks about all the wonderful blessings we're going to have. When it gets to the curses, we stop reading. Oh, man, yeah, that's right. <clears throat> That's dangerous, and uh, I mean, it wow! Is. Just listen to music, folks. You can open up the gateway. Um, movies? What about going to the theater? If someone said, "Hey, you know, I, I just want a good scare tonight. Uh, I oh, want to go." I see don't know the... why people want to do that. You know, they 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 like scary movies, and then they're afraid. Well, duh. You know, I wonder if there's a connection here. Could there be a connection between your fear and the scary movies that you go to see? Well, of course there is. And there's transference of spirits here. It's it's all up to us. It's it's about our rebellion. You know, a lot of people like to blame the demons, but really, we're, we are our own worst enemy because we've got to open the door to these things. You know, when when Paul said that they're not that he said that they're not ignorant of Satan's devices, he wasn't speaking of us. He was speaking of himself and the other disciples. We are totally ignorant of Satan's devices. We, we, the churches have gone to sleep. You know, the, the watchmen have fallen off the wall. They, they've, they've daubed the wall with untempered mortar, as the scripture says. You know, there's no real protections out there. You know, the church isn't telling us, 
You know, not only what is sin, but what is the consequence of our sin. You know, the scripture says that, that when men lay with women, or when there's, when there's adultery, uh, I'm sorry, fornication, you literally, uh, the, the King James says you destroy, but in, in the Hebrew, it says you blow up your soul. I've blown up my soul before, and I'll tell you, folks, yeah. it's not a good thing. Uh. <laughs> yeah, you can, you know, and we don't get it, you know, because, you know, we, after a little while, you know, we adapt very easily to the circumstances around us, but we'll never amount to anything, you Amen. know. Uh, and the Lord has given us freedom over this. We just need to use it and do it. Amen. Uh, you know, these are ways that they can come in. This is kind of my broad swath. You know, people. we, we have new people that come in every show. And so, Great. you know, you could um, open a doorway through drugs, alcohol. Uh, how many Christians do we know, Pastor Michael, that say, hey, you know, um, I just need to take the edge off a little bit, you know, so they got me on a little bit of Xanax or Prozac. Uh, maybe I need a Valium. Hey, There's brothers and sisters, if, if, you, if you're doing that, listen, I understand, and I'm very sympathetic, because the Lord, has, the Lord has allowed me to see some of this stuff, and I, re, I get it, but there's a better way. And one of these days, if something happens, you know, especially as Christians, you know that we're not going to have available to us certain things that the world has available to them. And if that's true, what's going to happen if one day you can't get your medication? You can get deliverance from that stuff. These are demons. Now, I'm not telling you to get on to, to stop your medication. I had a $2,000 a week cocaine habit at the time that the Lord brought me to the church and, 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 and saved me. And I backslid for at least eight or nine months straight. I, I, my life was changing in many other ways. But I had a very difficult time with the cocaine. And one day, and brothers and sisters, I, res- I got prayer Thursday night, Sunday morning, and at the t- that time we had Sunday night services also. I got prayer three times a week. And I would, vi- I would manifest violently, and, you know, a couple hours, people would be praying for me, uh, and I would backslide. Now, other things in my life were changing, but I would still backslide with the coke. And then one night... In fact, I knew it was, it, so it must have been, it couldn't have been Sunday morning, because I don't remember the day it was. It was either a Thursday night or a Sunday night. Um, I got prayer, same thing, same manifestation, sweating and spitting, and, you know, all, you know just, I had nasty demons. And I went home, and, and it's kind of a kind of a family business, uh, so there was drugs around all the time for the most part, and there was a bag of Coke sitting on the table. And I remember I walked inside, uh, and I saw this bag of Coke, and I said no. I didn't. I didn't have a drive for it. I didn't have an inkling for it. I just looked at it and said no, never to touch it since that time. I got deliverance. Praise God. While I was on drugs, I got deliverance. And so what I'm saying is that you don't have to stop your drugs to to get deliverance. It's it's your faith. The Lord knows. He knows your heart. So it's it's not a lack of faith in doing that. You need to stay on your medication. I know there are deliverance ministers that would disagree with me. But I believe since the Lord delivered me while I was on drugs, other people can be on drugs too and they can get deliverance. You just need to get prayer. And the Lord will show you when you can get off that stuff. But you can. Amen. And if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Pastor Michael Thier of Hegelish Church. Uh, this is a live program. 
Pastor Michael, I think what we'll do is we'll take just a five-minute break, while people refresh themselves, and then we're going to be back on with Pastor Michael. I'm going to give him the microphone. He's going to be talking about uh, the fragmented soul and then falling with a uh, mass deliverance tonight. Does that sound good to you, my brother? Sounds good. Okay, so we'll take a break, allow people to recharge their coffee, and uh, we'll be back with uh, Pastor Michael in just a few moments. And I said before, if you want to find a lot of demons, go to church. There you can be sure you'll find a bunch. They're roosting all over God's people. They're binding them down. They're choking them off. And somebody has to care because people are bound. And if it isn't the chosen of God, I don't know who's going to care. If it isn't those whom God has called out, if they don't care enough to lay their lives on the line, I don't know who's going to do it. As a sad scripture says, I looked for a man and I found none. God looked for a man. He couldn't find anybody. Everybody was doing their own thing. God is calling a people to war, all-out war, a war in which no quarter is given and no quarter is asked. The order of the day remains, attack, attack, attack. That's God's marching order. And that's our marching order here on Omega Man Radio Network. Uh, tonight is a live program. It's a special honor and privilege to have Pastor Michael Thier of Hegewish Church up in Highland, Indiana. You can find him at hbcdelivers.org. There's some fantastic uh, deliverance material there. There you can find out about the upcoming workshops and conferences that they hold throughout the year. I know there is a, another conference coming up in January for men. It's a men's uh, fellowship conference. They have family workshops throughout the year. Uh, just a fantastic ministry. And if you're in the area, that's where you want to go. You can get some hands-on deliverance. It's uh, it's powerful anointing to have. Uh, and the uh, the book room is wrwpublications.com. You can get uh, books, videos, uh, audios, uh, the Host of Hell series, you know, 50 booklets that uh, Pastor Wynn Worley and the church put together. Uh, all that up there. Uh, sermons by Pastor Mike Thier and uh, some other great deliverance ministries, wrwpublications.com. I highly recommend that. Uh, so if you're just tuning in, we're going to be uh, turning the microphone over to Pastor Michael. He's going to be uh, talking for a while and then uh, going to be doing a live mass deliverance tonight. So uh, get ready to get set free some demons. It's always a good time to kick out a demon. Here we go. Pastor Michael, you're back. Hey, good evening. How are you? Praise God. I got uh, refueled on some liquid here, and uh, let me uh, turn the microphone over to you, and let me just tell you, you've got uh, one hour and 13 minutes, so use it as you <laughs> want. <laughs> what, what am I What am I going to say in an hour and 13 minutes? <laughs> hey, uh, I welcome everybody that's out there. Uh, it's a pleasure and honor to uh, be able to speak with you tonight. Um, I'm, uh, as you listen to me or if you get a chance to know me through my material, uh, I'm very basic. I'm very low-key. Um, I can be wound tight about certain things, but, um, you know, being a pastor, um, we've got to be able to uh, spot the evil uh, that tries to come into the churches uh, because the enemy's in the camp. Um, you know, we uh, uh, there's a saying uh, when I went through the service, uh, and I, I believe it was in one a movie also, um, that, uh, uh, you know, when the enemy, you know, gets, you know, within the camp, uh, you have to call a, a broken arrow. 
command, and that means you, you lob all the munitions right on the camp itself, and whoever lives, lives, and whoever dies, dies, because uh, you have to stop the enemy. Uh, and we are, if we are not there, uh, we are almost there, um, we have got to get the enemy out of the camp, you know, get them on the other side of the fence, get them on the other side of the church. Um, you know, years ago, the churches uh, were hated because they convicted the world of sin. Now the churches are hated because of their hypocrisy. And we, we've got to get the enemy out of the camp so that the churches, so that the power uh, can come back to the churches. Uh, I don't know how much of that is possible because um, I believe we're heading out of the church age uh, sometime in the near future. I, I have no idea when. Uh, I think it's in my lifetime, but um, I'm not sure. Uh, and uh, God will then focus on other things of the Middle East uh, before his son comes back. And uh, But until that time, you know, the scripture tells us, you know, occupy until I come, Jesus said. So um, deliverance helps us. Deliverance is not the, the only thing that we need to do. And it's not, it's not the silver bullets, you know, for those that are familiar with, um, you know, the old, uh, werewolf. The only way to you know get the werewolf was to shoot him with a silver bullet uh, or Dracula. You know you had to have you know deliverance is not the wooden stake uh, in the heart of Dracula, but it is something that will greatly uh, help our lives. Um, and it's a body ministry. Everybody that's listening tonight, or maybe listening uh, in the future to this message, uh, this is for you. This is for everybody. Uh, the leadership of the church needs to open it up uh, to everybody. Uh, they can they can guard it. They you know they have the final say. No, we don't do that. No, we're not going to do it this way. Uh, see, at our church, uh, men pray with men, and women pray with women. Now you may feel differently about that, uh, but not only did Pastor Worley teach that vehemently, um, I I hold it here now uh, in the church, and I've seen the results of when it's not done that way. Now, not every time are you going to have a problem, but it doesn't matter. You know, we're to avoid the appearance of evil. And if you got women hanging over men, men hanging over women, and somebody is new coming into the church, they're going to look and say, what's this about? And they're going to, they're going to think, you know, something bizarre or whatever, you know, and they're not going to want to get involved. Um, plus, it's scriptural. Now, you know, women are not supposed to pray deliverance for men. They're not to usurp authority. Now, ladies, please don't misunderstand. You have a phenomenal place uh, in the church, uh, but it's not in authority over men. It's just that simple, and you don't have to argue with me because I don't, you know, I'm not interested uh, in in really even discussing it. I'll just point you to the Word of God. You can point me to to what you think, uh, and then we can agree to disagree. Um, but uh, we are proper here uh, at the church. We're talking in the last hour uh, about different things that uh, that can that we can do in our lives that open us up uh, to demons. And and today it's you know it's just so they're so prevalent. You know there used to be a joke years ago when Pastor Worley was accused of you know seeing a demon behind every rock and every bush, and he said no, he says I see twelve or thirteen. Well, I bet you there's thousands behind every rock and every bush now. Uh, I don't know, you know, if more have been released, uh, you know, from, from the pit um, 
or however they're out here, or maybe maybe because of our rebellion, uh, the Lord has just allowed the enemy to get a foothold, you know, stronger than what he used to have. Uh, but the demons are moving everywhere, deceiving people. Uh, you know, all the denominations. You know, the denominational system effectively keeps the body of Christ separated. Uh, so you'll never have unity of the spirit within the body of Christ when you have the denom- denominational system out there. Uh, so you know, the devil's just just you know fed the church a Mickey, so to speak. And uh, we, you know, we've all we've all gone to sleep. Um, so uh, one one thing that was uh, talked about uh, in the last hour. Uh, were some of the things that Satan uses, uh, and I mentioned um, um, pride and rejection and rebellion. That's a, that's an ugly triumphant or a family uh, that the demons use. When you find one of those, you know you'll find you'll find another one. But uh, over uh, over in First John, let me turn there. First uh, John uh, chapter two, in verse fifteen, uh, it says. Uh, John writes, he says, love not the world. It means don't find your joy uh, in the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love, the agape of the Father is not in him. Now, that's not saying that God doesn't love us. What it's saying is that God's love will not, be, will not flow through us. God will, if you were born again, God will always love you. He will never leave you, never forsake you. You, you can stand on that. Uh, Zechariah 3, uh, Hebrews teaches us the same thing. God doesn't change. He will always be there uh, for us. Uh, so it's not saying that God doesn't love us. It's his love. When, we, when, we, when we're out in the world, we won't feel his love through us. But verse 16 ties it together. He says, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it's of the world. And you'll find the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life in almost every deliverance, in almost every situation that, that, that comes up uh, in deliverance. Um, in, with, with, you look at it with David, with uh, Bathsheba. You know, he saw her. Um, and... Um, um, you know, he then, you know, he wasn't where he was supposed to be. Uh, and uh, so uh, the devil kind of set this up. Uh, so he saw her. And, you know, there, there, you, there you have, you know, the lust of the eyes. Uh, he wanted her. Uh, you know, there, there was uh, the, lust, the uh, lust of the flesh. Uh, and the pride of life was I'm the king and I can do anything I want. Just as we say as Christians, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a saint and, you know, I, I can, you know, Lord loves me or I can, you know, I can do what I want. Uh, and you'll, you'll find that, that mindset in so many, so many sins uh, that, are, that are out there. So when you're praying deliverance for people, uh, you'll almost always come against or have involved in the deliverance uh, pride, rejection, and rebellion, and also lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Uh, and the scripture says that a threefold cord is not easily broken. But how can we break these in Jesus? How can we break these? In Jesus' name, we break them. Jesus' name will do it all. It's the one thing, brothers and sisters. Uh, there may be tricks. There may be things that you've read in other people's books uh, about you know what you can do to get demons out. And, and and why why is it so easy? Why did the Lord give it to us so easy? Why do we make everything so hard? You know, we're, we're, the scripture tells us about the simplicity that is in Christ. We make Christianity so difficult for us if we would just 
be obedient and just do, try to do, what the Word of God says. But but we have to embellish. It's like you go to a Christian bookstore uh, and uh, um, you see on the bookshelf all these books that, that people have written about the book of Hebrews. And you've got a plethora of books on the bookshelf, and some of these books are, are five times as thick as the book of Hebrews. Why don't we just read the book of Hebrews? Why, why don't we get in there, and as we're, as we're reading, pray and, and ask the Lord. Read from a different uh, uh, version of the Scripture. I mentioned, I mentioned before that uh, um, Ken Taylor wrote the Living Bible. Uh, and it's not, it's not um, a translation, it's a, it's a paraphrase. And, you know, you may not agree with, with everything, but it, it, it flows when you read it, and it's written on a, fi- on a fifth grade level. And that's what I need. Uh, you know, I, I love the King James, and I, I exclusively read the King James, but on occasion, I'll go, especially in the Old Testament, and I'll read through the, new, uh, the Living Bible, but then I'll compare it to the, uh, to the King James. And, and things just flow a little bit better. So if you don't understand something when you're reading it, like I mentioned with Hebrews, uh, then pick up another version. But before we go reading everybody else's stuff uh, on what they're saying, the Bible is saying, why don't we read the Bible? Amen. Why, why don't we Why don't we just get involved in you know in what the scriptures are saying, you know, and then let God speak to our hearts because you know, again with the you know with, with some of the prophetic out there, you know, brother, I have a word for you. Well, brothers and sisters, I've got a word for you. In fact, I've got thousands of words for you. Pick up your Bible. God will speak to you through this, and he'll reveal things to you through this. Um, but there, that over in uh, 1 John 3, I'm sorry, 1 John uh, 2, verse 15 and 16, uh, is another thing that you can use to, um, um, to break the power of Satan off of your life. Uh, th- there are just so many things over... Over in, um, I believe it's Luke 22. I uh, didn't know I was going to do some of this tonight, so I'm turning to some of these with you. Uh, Luke 22, uh, starting in, in verse 31. Very familiar story for us, uh, but looking at it from a deliverance standpoint. You know, it's so cool that, that when you get into deliverance, spiritual warfare, the scriptures change. You know, you, you can be a, you can be a, a, a saint for, you know, 20 years, uh, and all of a sudden, you know, you fall into deliverance, which is just about how people get into deliverance. They literally fall into it. Uh, and all of a sudden, the scriptures that take on a new meaning, because there's a spiritual side of things now that, that you're getting a handle on. Um, but um, over in verse um, uh, 31... I hope this is the one I'm looking for. I'm that, and there's another one. But uh, it's the Lord, the Lord was speaking unto Peter. He said, Simon, Simon, uh, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. He says, but I've prayed for you that your faith wouldn't fail, or that it would fail not. And when you're converted, it means when you, when you turn back to the Lord, you're going to strengthen the brethren. Now, you notice, Jesus didn't say he lost his salvation. He just said that, that he was, number one, the reason that, Simon didn't lose his salvation uh, is because Jesus was praying that his faith wouldn't fail. And our Savior now sits at the right hand of the Father every day praying for us that our faith wouldn't fail. But Satan was uh, in in the Greek where it says Satan has desired to have you. He was trying to claim him back for his own. And the devil 24-7 through the demons uh, that are either in our life or around our life 
are always trying to claim us back for their own. They always want us to go back on the other side uh, of the river. And so don't ever forget that, that your enemy out there is somebody who doesn't sleep. He doesn't tire. Uh, he, he is relentless at what he does against us. Uh, he's invisible. We can't see him. We can only discern him spiritually. Uh, and, you know, if we're not being spiritual people, then we won't have that spiritual discernment uh, with us to be able to spot the devil. Because for the most part, brothers and sisters, you know, we see a disaster in somebody's life. And, of course, it's easy to say, wow, the devil really nailed that person. But wouldn't it be good to stop the devil before he nailed that person? Because you're not seeing the devil. What you're seeing is the works of the devil. He's already moved on to another area, probably in that person's life, uh, and and so we're just we're just always mopping up the mess. Well, wouldn't it be nice to stop the mess before it begins? And so that's that's a lot of what deliverance uh, is all about. Uh, it's not it's not the end all of our Christianity. It also isn't, as I mentioned just a few minutes ago, uh, the silver bullet. Uh, but it is something that can dramatically change our lives, and the change that we get is something that's real. You don't have to sit around and, you know, we have a saying here at the church, um, you know, no change, no deliverance, but no big deal. You just come back in the prayer line again. Uh, we're, we're, we're very grace-oriented and know that sometimes it takes more than one time uh, to pray. And you say, well, you know, how can that be? How can... How can it take more than one time? You know, because when Jesus prayed, you know, um, everything happened immediately. Did it? Oh, yeah, it sure did, brother. Absolutely. When Jesus prayed, it happened immediately. Well, did it really? Because I remember when Jesus prayed for the blind man and uh, made him spit on the ground and made mud, put it on his eyes, and said, go down to the water and wash it off. And what do you see? And the man went down to the water and... He washed off, he came back, and he says, well, I don't know. He says, I see men as trees walking. See, he didn't have a sight back. Well, well, how come? Jesus prayed for him. I mean, Jesus was right there. Well, it had, he had to do it again. Amen. And then, he had a, and then he had a sight back. Now, does this mean that Jesus had to pray twice? No, Jesus never had to pray twice. But Jesus was showing us that sometimes we may have to pray twice. Brothers and sisters, we may have to pray five times or ten times, but deliverance works. And if you're not getting your deliverance, if it's not working for you, then you need to check yourself out. Because God's no respecter of persons. He doesn't like Shannon uh, any more than, than he likes me. He Amen. likes us all on the same level. And he doesn't deal us differently. He doesn't deal from the bottom of the barrel. You know, we don't get the bottom card and somebody else gets the top card, uh, so to speak. Um, and so if you're not getting your deliverance, then there's something that is hindering it. And for me, when I, when I first got saved here at the church, this was, a, this was an experience that I had that I've never had since. This was a very bizarre thing. Um, I was getting prayer. Pastor Roy was praying for me, and there were several guys from the church. Uh, I remember exactly where I was sitting in the church at the time, uh, and they were praying. And, you know, after about 20 minutes, I had, I had these, I don't know how to describe it, these things on the inside of me that were just like bouncing. It, w it was like they were trying to get out, um, but they just kept like bouncing off my insides. And it was, it was just a very bizarre. I, I didn't feel them physically, but I did. I, I guess it's a spiritual thing. But it, I mean, it was, it was very much happening. 
uh, and um, and they may Pesquero may have, may have been able to, may have been able to feel him. I don't remember. It was a long time ago, uh, but I do remember that he then stopped the deliverance and he said, "Son, he says I believe the Lord's telling me that that you have rock music in your house," and I said, "Yes, sir, I, I do." And and he says, "Well, I'm not telling you what to do, but you know you." Unless you get rid of that, you're not going to be able to get your deliverance. Well, I went home and I got rid of. I had thousands of dollars in, in <laughs> albums, and and uh, I got rid of that stuff. And do you know the next time I came to church, and I went and I went up for prayer, and bam! I mean, I I manifested big time. Uh, and so you know, we can have things in our lives, is what I'm saying, uh, that can be a hindrance uh, to our to our deliverance. And what are these things? Oh, good golly, you know, that's something that people really need to pray and ask the Lord about because uh, there's just so many things, um, you know, at the end of uh, uh, John's letter, um, I believe it's 3 John, he says, little children, keep yourself from idols. And we have so much idolatry uh, in our lives. Again, I, I know um, that Brother Shannon likes likes to hear stories, uh, and a lot of these stories are, you know, personal things that have happened to me. Uh, you know, you, when they happen to you, you can speak on them with a little bit more authority. But it wasn't too long ago; just a few months ago, a couple months maybe, uh, somebody had come into my office and uh, they told me that the Lord was dealing with them uh, about idolatry, and you know, they talked to me for a few minutes, and I said, "Well, praise the Lord!" You know, it was it was real encouraging, and and. Uh, this person left the office because they were just letting me know what was going on, and uh, and I didn't feel a thing. I didn't. There was no conviction in my life. There was nothing. And about two weeks later, maybe, maybe not even quite two weeks, that person stopped back in and said, "Wow, you know, man, I, I was so glad the Lord was showing me this stuff on idolatry, and I got a lot of deliverance on it." And I said, "Well, well, praise God!" And 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 when they walked out of the office. Boom! I mean, I had this conviction that just came all over me about idolatry in my own life. I didn't even know it. And I apparently, um, with all the things uh, that I've gathered over the years, and some people call me a gadget guy, I don't know why they would call me that, um, but, you know, I, I, just, I guess I own a lot of things. I never really saw it as a problem. Or maybe I wasn't open to see it as a problem. And the Lord showed me that I got a ton, that I've got a ton of idolatry in my life. Which means I've got a whole bunch of spirits that I've got to get cast out once I deal with the idolatry. So that's something that, you know, I'm currently working on. And so, you know, we can have things in our lives that uh, um, that stop or slow down the flow of the Lord uh, working, on, working in our lives. Um I'd love to bring up alcohol, but I'll do that for another topic, another time when I uh, when I can uh, bring everything out. I'll get some uh, uh, some scriptures together uh, and things, and uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know if we can open up the uh, um, um, Shannon. Don't you have a uh, um, where people uh, write in? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. We can uh, we can open up telephone lines. We've got a chat room, and uh, even yeah, we, as we, we speak, dis- yeah. We've got a number of people uh, tuning in live and in the in, in the chat room, and so uh, we have a number of ways to interact with people. 
Okay, good. And Shannon, while I'm speaking, if there's anything specific, you know, somebody writes in or or is you know saying something, please, you know, interrupt me, uh, and I'll either deal with it or if, if I'm doing, you know, when I'm praying in the mass deliverance, you know, uh, we can address issues. Even you know, listen, there's nothing wrong uh, with praying several times. You know, if I've already prayed in an area, uh, you know, we can go back and hit it several times. Uh, maybe somebody's new, or maybe we just need to, you know, hear it more. Uh, and beat down those demons, but uh, there's Amen. just lots of ways that we that we can open ourselves up uh, to evil spirits. The occult today is just again so prevalent; it's everywhere. You know, the church now has opened itself up uh, for yoga, um, and and it's an occult art. And and I, you know, you, you don't have to trust me. Please, you just research this stuff out. Go uh, again. Years ago, uh, when Pastor Rolly wrote Idols and Images. I read it and I thought, oh, I don't know. You know, I, listen, I, I loved my father-in-law. In fact, my dad died uh, when I was seven, and so when I um, when I married into the Worley family, um, he became my father, um, and and he was a good dad, a good father to me, and I I'm very grateful to the Lord for the time uh, that that. He was in my life as a father, because he was also my pastor, and I respected him. Uh, you know, when we were out in in ministry or here at the church, I always called him Pastor Worley. When I was at his house or we were doing something personally, I'd call him Dad. Um, and I respected him uh, in both ways. Uh, but, but I'm also my own man. Uh, I, I need to know something, not just what somebody tells me. Uh, and so... Uh, I read it, and I didn't know about idols and images, and so I went to him, uh, and I said, you know, I just, I'm just not 100% on this, you know, the dolls, and, and you know, I've heard some of the stories, you know, of dolls, but, you know, they were stories, and, you know, it never happened to me, of course, you know, with <laughs> the dolls, uh, but he said, well, I'll tell you what, son, he says, uh, this was, of course, before the Internet, uh, he says, why don't you go to the library and do some research on it? I said, Okay. So that's what I did. I went to the library. It just took me one time. And I read, I started to read some stuff on dolls. And you talk about idolatry. It, it is, dolls and idolatry are synonymous. Uh, they're idols. And you say, oh, you know, is it, does it, you know, are you talking about those little floppy little, you know, uh, things that people win at carnivals? I, I don't know. Okay. Uh, you'll, you'll have to find that out for yourself. Um, but there are things, you know, it, it, if you've got problems in your life, and everybody does, you know, if you've got insomnia problems, okay, maybe there's something in your bedroom that's keeping you awake. Wow. It's, yes. it's worth it to check it out. You know, um, we, we have an old saying, when in doubt, throw it out. Um, there, there just could be things that are in our lives uh, that are hindering our lives. And, and, and again, you know, doctors know a lot about the body. They know, you know, how to fix broken bones, and, and they can really do some, some marvelous things. Uh, psychiatrists, with as much as I'm against some types of psychotherapy, not so much psychology. Psychology is just the study of the soul. I love to study the soul. Uh, by the way, I know I've got a lot of rabbits here that I'm, that I'm shooting, but um, um, if you want to study psychology, you, you don't have to go to school because, I mean, unless you need to go to school, you know, for, for, for points or whatever. Uh, but just, just open up the book of Genesis and start reading about the lives 
of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Jacob's sons. And you'll know everything you'll ever want to know about psychology, how man can be evil, how man can hook and, hook and crook each other. Um, you know, just, just read Genesis, and, and you'll, you'll be a gazillionaire uh, in knowledge of psychology. Um, you don't have to go to school for that stuff. The Word of God can teach us. Uh, but psychologists have uncovered or discovered truths of psychological things of how we act or react towards certain things because your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Uh, and so, you know, you, you can't put a Band-Aid on the soul, but, you know, there are, there are, you know, things that in psychology they do. Now, I'm not in agreement with the medication, um, but, you know, that's one thing that they have found, you know, that helps out. But now when it comes to the spirit, we're ignorant. What, what do we know about our spirit? We know very little. Because everything that we need to know about our spirit is in the Word of God. And, of course, the world doesn't read the Word of God, so they wouldn't know anything, number one. Number two, Paul, Paul tells us that the carnal mind can't receive the things of the spirit because they're foolishness unto them. And, and so you have to be born again. And once you're born again, you can look into the Word of God, and if you're open to it, if you, if you say, Lord, I'm missing something here. You know, something's just not, you know, I'm not catching on, I'm not getting something, uh, and the Lord will show us. Remember, you know, if we lack wisdom, all we have to do is ask, and God gives what? Liberally. You know, God doesn't just, here's a little yeah. bit, see, you know, see what you're going to do with it. He says, you want some wisdom? Boom. You know? And we're just covered with wisdom. Now, of course, he doesn't keep it with us if we're not going to use it, because you know, God's a great economist. And if he gives, you know, the gifts and calling are, are without repentance, which means that, you know, we don't have to, we don't have to work for them or, or earn them. He'll give them to us. But if we don't use them, he'll take them back. Or maybe that's not a good word. He won't take them back, but they'll, they'll just be of no effect uh, in our lives. Um, so pray for um, wisdom. And maybe this will be a good teaching uh, one of these days ahead, too. Uh, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, direction, discernment, and discretion. Because while those six terms are synonymous, <coughs> excuse me, they have separate meanings. They, they each mean basically, you know, wi- you know, wisdom. But wisdom is broken down uh, like, like discretion. The word discretion means that you'll have an ability to be in a situation and you'll know when to speak and when not to speak. You'll know when to do something or when not to do something. Because, you know, we, we've got a joke in Christianity today that, oh yeah, that guy goes where angels fear to tread. Well, that may be a joke, but that person can do a lot of damage to other people. Just because you know some truth, just because you have wisdom in a certain area, doesn't mean that you're supposed to spread that around to everyone. You're supposed to do, we're supposed to do what the Lord tells us to do. If we don't have discretion in our lives, we'll never know. There's a saying in the world, you know, you've got to know when to hold and when to fold. And that's, that's discretion. So pray for discretion because, um, you know, um, Eliaphaz, Bildad, and um, um, who was the other guy? Eliaphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. Those were Job's three friends because they didn't have discretion. Did they have wisdom? You bet they did. They spoke a lot of good things, 
right things, things that you could read in the Scripture and say, well, that had to be God, because it was, it was right, it was true. But you see, brothers and sisters, all truth is not God's truth. The Amen. devil can tell the truth. He, he, he is the father of lies, but he can tell the truth. If he knows he can tell you the truth to trick you, he'll tell, the, he'll tell you the truth. And so at the end of all this wonderful, I mean, you've got to admit, when you read Job, Job's friends, they may have been a, a little bit critical of Job, but they spoke a lot of things that were true. And at the end of it all, God told Job to pray for his friends because God was going to kill him. Now, why was God going to kill him? Because they had, they had no discretion. They, God, God didn't need them to tell Job what was going on. God was doing something totally different. And they didn't bother. They didn't care. They didn't care that God was doing something different. They just decided to speak for God. And there are so many Christians out there that just want to speak for God. They think they've got a handle on something, and they have no idea what the Lord is doing in that brother's life, and they interfere. Do you know how important it is for us to not interfere in God's business? You know, as, as a pastor, yes. my, the, my major responsibility as a pastor is to make sure that I know when to get out of the way of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus said uh, unto Peter in, um, um, was that, Mark 16? Um, he said, I will build my church. He didn't say the pastors are going to build the church. He didn't even call it our church. He called it his church. And Jesus knows full well what the church needs. But if the pastor or those in the church that are leaders or think they're leaders aren't, aren't using spiritual discernment, then they're going to lead God's people astray. And God may be, you know, people are hurting for different reasons, but some people hurt because of sin in their life. And they go to the pastor and they say, you know, I, I just feel so bad. And, and, you know, I don't know, you know, what, what, what's the Lord doing? Oh, no, you know, no, the Lord's not doing anything in your life. You know, that, that's this, that, or the other thing. Well, what if the Lord is trying to do something in that person's life? You know, I, I'm, uh, you're going to find I'm deaf on multiple personality disorder. I don't, think, I don't think it exists. I think what it is is you've got a fragmented soul. Amen. The demons are just, and the demons are just smart enough, um, and there's imposter spirits or familiar spirits uh, that are working there also. Because I studied and studied, and I've prayed for many, 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 many people uh, over the years uh, that have had MPD. Now, do I believe that, that people uh, have come up through satanic ritual families? Yes, I do. Uh, do I believe that, uh, that they can be, you know, that they can go into altered states of consciousness? Yes, I do. But I don't believe it's to the, um, to the amount that it is today. And I'll tell you why. Because uh, here, here in the church, um, I, I was dealing with that. I was dealing with that um, when I first came on as the pastor. Uh, it it, it kind of manifested itself, you know, in between Pastor Roy Dyan and me coming on as the pastor. It was like a big bowel movement in the middle of the church, and I, and I, I, I couldn't. I was. I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't, you know. So I, I got secular books. I got Christian books. Uh, I, I, I took a subscription to the False Memory Center Foundation. Uh, you know, I read it all, pro and con. And after six months. Every time I'd get so close to the truth, it was like the bottom would fall out, and I couldn't get to the truth. And uh, um, so I, I was sitting at my desk, and my wife was there, and, 
and uh, and I was reading, and I th- I thought I had the truth. This is after six months, now, and I was I was deeply studying this every single day. It it, it it obsessed. I was obsessed with getting to the answer because people were hurting, and I I just I couldn't get to the answer. And, I, and I'm praying for people, and it was like a revolving door. They get deliverance, but they never get any help. And I'm thinking, what am I doing wrong? So I studied and studied, and I finally. I just, I, I couldn't take it anymore, and I took my fist, and I just beat it on the desk. And I looked up, and I said, Lord, I can't get to the truth. And that still small voice, which I don't hear that often, came and said, Son, that's because there's no truth in it. If you want truth, you'll find it in my word. And that's all the Lord said to me. And I closed up my books, uh, you know, I re- I've read them. I've read Starshine. I've read Transformation of America. I know some out there, you're familiar with these books. I can't sure. even remember the, the psychology books that I've read, Christian psychology, uh, that people who have you know, dealt with this stuff. And, and I know how Neil uh, Anderson and I know how um, the guy who wrote, um, um, I've got that here in my office, what is that book called? The Handbook on Spiritual Warfare. And I know how that charlatan, um, um, Bob Larson, that Christian carnival barker who gives deliverance a bad name, you know, I know how he feels about it, you know, that you got to save each personality, and what a bunch of hogwash. You know, Pastor he, Michael, he, these are basically just multiple demons, right? That, that's all it is. You did, that's it it. You've got a fragment of soul, you've got multiple demons, and the demons are just lying, they're tricking you, because nobody has memories of these things. Right. Out of the one, and I've prayed for probably more than a hundred, but I, I, I use this, <clears throat> excuse me, as an example, um, <clears throat> excuse me. That out of the hundred people that I've prayed for um, in this area, only two ever had real memories. Other than that, um, they'd gone through psychotherapy. Uh, it has been suggested to them. They'd gone through hypnosis. You know, they've gone through something to tell them. And then I had it in, in my own church, and I had a girl who was in the church, a very innocent young lady. And she was having some female problems, which is, you know, I'm a guy, but been married 25 years, um, which, you know, ladies can have female problems, and they can have them often. And, th- and this young lady, she was in her early 20s, was having some female problems. And this gal, who hadn't been at the church very long, didn't know her very well, uh, very, very verbose, you know, very out there, you know, had no problem giving her view and opinion, you know, very you know, speaking up all the time. Um, uh, she told this girl, she said, well, you know, what you have uh, is that um, um, you're, you've been abused uh, as a child. And the girl said, no, I've not been abused. And the girl said, no, no, you, you, your father abused you when you were younger. And and the girl said, no, my, my father's never done my father's never done that to me. Well, you you don't remember because you have a repressed memory. What's happened is is that because of the horror of what happened to you, um, you went you went into like an altered state of consciousness, and they, and then you and then your your soul carp, um, carp, kind of compartmentalized it. <laughs> Thank you. That's the word I'm trying yes. to compartmentalize the um, uh, the abuse. And so you don't remember it, and 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 what you're having are body memories, and the and the, and your body's trying to remind, trying to show you that this happened. And, and I mean, I, I just you know, I came unglued, 
And out the door she went, because I won't tolerate that stuff. I mean, how dare somebody tell somebody else that they know something happened when they don't know that something happened? And this girl, to this day, is always going to wonder, when she's with her father, if he did something to her. Even though she knows he did. People will actually hypnotize them and implant these thoughts in their brains? and Yeah, you know, I, I think they hypnotize them. <clears throat> I think just through the power of suggestion. Um, I think through um, just wanting, you know, a lot of girls, you know, they, they know what the Scripture says, and, and, you know, they want to be healed. Um, and somebody who says they're spiritual, you know, they come along. You know, and they tell them stuff, and, and listen, we don't know anything about the Spirit, and so these things can make sense, um, but they need to be checked out. And so, you know, I, I'm sure that there are, right now, that there are maybe even a lot of people out there that disagree with me. Listen, that's fine. No problem. Uh, I wouldn't want that to, you know, separate um, you from anything else that I'm talking here about deliverance. Just, just let's agree to disagree. But I, I would ask that you check it out a little bit better, okay? Because, you know, uh, once again, I, I got a letter uh, one time as I was, I was moving back to the, to the church. I got appointed as pastor, and, and I got a letter from somebody that uh, said that uh, I've got satanic programs in the church, and I didn't even know what. A, now here, I've been in deliverance a long time. I didn't know what a satanic program was. Uh, and so I'm thinking, hmm, okay, I better find out about this. And and uh, but how the satanic how the satanic program was being released was uh, brother so and so had black black slacks, but black pants. Uh, sister so and so had a yellow blouse, uh, and the other sister so and so had um, uh, some other color. Uh, I forget what it was. I've got I've got the letter. And uh, and they were setting up because they were in the church together and they wore those colors. They were setting off. Uh, satanic programs that were deceiving the church. Oh, my goodness. You know, what am I supposed to do with that stuff? <laughs> you know? Uh, I mean, that's just ridiculous. Now, c- c- can the devil do a lot of stuff? You betcha he can. But there's there are just some things. You know, let's... I'm very, very firm. In fact, I gave a message not too long ago at one of our conferences. When is the church going to start respecting the devil because we need to respect him for what he can do but we don't need to give him credit for what he can't do you know let's respect him for what he can do which is a lot but there are just some things that he can't and and, and brothers and sisters the reason i went into all this is because we we want to know the truth you know we want to we, we for for the most part everybody that i'm speaking to you have a if you're born again you have a desire to help people out. You know, you you want to be used of the Lord. It's just, you know, years ago when none of this stuff was around, when Pastor Worley would always say, you know, beware of the day when deliverance becomes popular. And, and I used to laugh because I think, well, you know, when donkeys fly, deliverance is never going to become popular. But over the years, it did. You know, people went out from the church, and, you know, they liked Pastor Worley, but they thought, you know, he was he was too firm in this area, and they didn't really believe that. And so they just changed the way deliverance was done. And so after all these years, it's been watered down and homogenized and pasteurized right. and, 
and, and all these things, and a lot of people aren't doing it the correct way, in my, in my humble but I believe accurate opinion. So um, I'm saying all this because, you know, we have this heart to help people, but we've got to find out what the truth is and what the truth isn't. Okay? Because God's not going to pour his power out upon people that are are either going to use it for themselves or that are deceived. And if you've got power in your life, if you think you've got power, if, if well, when the, when you tell the demons to come out or when you, you know, they just, they, you know, you, you, they just, you know, you bark orders at them and they just, they just, you know, dance, um, just think, just know that they're not like that. And those are demons that are probably tricking you. So, um, the big thing that we it's the change in the person's life. If there's no change, there's no deliverance. Now, I know I've been talking for a while, and, and uh, um, I had mentioned the other night, you know, I know this hasn't happened to anybody I'm speaking to, but you may know somebody that this has happened to. Um, a Christian falls into sin, and they commit adultery, or they commit, a, they commit fornication, because fornication can be fornication, and adultery. Adultery is just um, sleeping with somebody uh, that's not um, that's not your um, that's somebody else's wife or, or somebody else's spouse. Fornication is you know any way you look at it. Um, and so, as Christians, uh, it's you know I I I think it's Proverbs twenty two. I I don't have this one, and if I if it's not, I'll try and dig it up. Um, uh, for the next time, uh, but it talks about you know if if you lay with a woman uh, and fellas, see le- fellas, we know, okay, ladies can be deceived, okay, we can be deceived also, but when it comes to this this fornication business, fellas, you know, and what I mean by that is you know better, you're not tricked. She may she may wink her eyes, she may have on some kind of clothing. To, to lure you or seduce you, but you know right and wrong, and you know you're doing wrong. The woman can be tricked, and she doesn't really know. So many times the, the sin or the result of the sin uh, falls on us. But the Scripture says that, uh, um, um, I'm sorry, the one... Uh, Do you not know... Fight. Go ahead. You're talking about uh, where it talks about uh, laying with... A harlot and the the two become one flesh. No, but that that's very good because that's both Old Testament and New Testament. When 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 you get married, when somebody gets married, um, it's not the marriage license that marries them. It, it's 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 when you consummate the marriage. Uh, uh, you know, later on a, after the ceremony, supposedly. Um, you know, it used to happen that way. Actually, I know I know a few people that are that are celibate uh, and have stayed celibate their whole life. Um, so when you get married and you then have intercourse with your bride or, you know, with your spouse, you consummate your marriage before God. Yes. Now, before God, you are married. And the two, the scripture says, become one flesh. Now, see, that's another spiritual truth that we know so little about. So when the two become one flesh, you know... You bring these two lives together, and they become one, and, and you know, you walk together with the Lord. But what happens if you fornicate? Well, now the two don't become, 
you know, because Paul says that if you sleep with a harlot, you know, Shannon, or, um, yeah, Shannon, what verse is that um, in the New Testament? Do you have that before you? Let's see. I'm going to uh, look it up here. We're talking about, do you not know that um, you sleep, if you lay with a harlot, uh, the, the two become one flesh? Can you uh, take a fire in your bosom and your clothes not get right. burned? Right, and so what Paul is talking about here is that when you lay with a harlot, the two become one flesh. Well, what if you're already married? Yes. Well, now the two become two flesh. Uh-oh. And if you fornicate again, the two become three flesh. And, and you bring the soul or some part of the soul of that person into your life. And you say, you got, that, you got scripture for that? Actually, I do. Let's, let's go over to, uh, to Genesis 34. Genesis 34, again, a spiritual truth that, that you rarely, in fact, never, uh, hear in the church. Why? Because, because it has to do with deliverance. Um, it has to do with spiritual things. And why would the Lord open up the knowledge of spiritual warfare to pastors who aren't going to do it? He's not. And in Genesis 34, in verse 1, it says, Dinah... The daughter of Leah, which is which is Jacob's wife, which she bore unto Jacob, went out to see the daughter of the land. And when Shechem, the son of Hamar, the Hivite, prince of the country, saw her, now here's lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life working again. Okay, he saw her, he took her, and he lay he laid with her, and he defiled her. But look at verse three. Look at what happened because of this. And his soul cleaved. In the Hebrew, it means it joined together. You look up that word cleave in the Hebrew. It means to join together. And so his soul joined itself together with Dinah, the daughter of Jacob, and he loved the damsel and spoke kindly unto the damsel. Now, he didn't love her as in a spousal type of love. He, he wanted her. In fact, let's drop down to, um, um, well, verse 4, it says, And Shechem spake unto his father, Hamar, saying, get me this damsel for my wife. I need this woman. Well, why did he need this woman? Because he already had part of her. Something was now different in this man's life when he laid with this girl. He felt and incomplete. He was missing something, right? He was missing something. He, he, he needed to rejoin himself with that thing. And that's why you see affairs happen the way they do. Sometimes... You know, both both couples have demons, and and these spirits of lust they scan. You know, you're in a room, you're you know you're you're in a situation where there's other women or other men around, and and your spirits of lust will scan, and other demons, wow, are, and other people are scanning, and if you can get those two together, you know, both will work because it's always demons working behind the scenes, uh, and and it's a lot of times. Affairs just happen. They're, they're, of course, a mistake. Uh, and, and, you know, if you ask the guy, what were you thinking? I, I don't know what I was thinking. You know, have you broken it off? No, I can't seem to break it off. I just, I'm just, like, addicted. Or, you know, I'm so attracted to this person. Well, that's because he's already with that person, even when he's not there physically. And and these are called the results of sins, or we know we know the term sins of the fathers. It's it's really not sins of the fathers; it's iniquities of the fathers. Um, but because what the iniquities of the fathers are, or what the sins of the fathers are, is you don't get the sin; you get the result of the sin. 
And in here, when, when Shechem laid with, with Dinah, the result of that sin was that some part of his soul fragmented itself and attached itself to the girl, and now he wanted her. In fact, in verse 8, uh, um, Hamor, remember that's the father now, uh, he went He went to Jacob, the sons, and they were there. It says, the soul of my son Shechem longeth. Okay, same word, cleave. Same word as cleave back in verse 3 in, in the Hebrew. Look it up in the Strongs. The soul of my son Shechem longeth for your daughter, and I pray that you would give him for wife. See, his soul was cleaving already to her. And so, fellas and ladies, when when you commit adultery, or when you commit fornication, you lose part of your soul. There was a movie uh, that Hollywood did. You know, only Hollywood can do movies the way they do. Uh, and it was called uh, The Serpent and the Rainbow. Oh, yeah. 20, yeah, 25 years ago or whatever. Uh, a Wes Craven film, that should tell you a little bit about it. But it's actually a true story, and I believe, if I remember correctly, I haven't seen it in years, um, uh, but it was um, uh, about Haiti, and uh, the U.S. went down there. They they took uh, uh, they sent somebody down there from some agency or whatever, uh, because these witch doctors were were make, were making people into zombies. That's right. And a, zomb- a zombie is just a soulless person. You can actually see people in in our country uh, as zombies. Uh, used to see a lot more of them uh, in the day that you know today you know before Zoloft and and Wellbutrin and, and and those other types of drugs you know all they could treat people with was like lithium uh, and so you know if you had an issue uh, no matter what it was you know they just didn't have a lot to give you so they gave you lithium and and it literally it, it took the soul uh, out of people they would walk around you could almost spot them uh, on the street because they would walk around their arms don't move. Their head, their head, kind of faces, you know, the ground, uh, and you know, they're, they're they're just they're just not there. Well, that's because they're not there. And so, in the serpent and the rainbow, they went down to Haiti, and uh, and these witch doctors had had found a way to to concoct uh, a potion uh, that that was a powder uh, that when they blew it on people. Uh, they went, those people went into an altered state of consciousness, uh, and then they'd bury them. I mean, they would, you know, it was part of a, of a, a witchcraft w- ritual. Um, but what happened is the person would lose, they'd lose their soul. Now you say, I, I don't understand how this can happen. Well, I don't either, brothers and sisters. I, I, I just know that when the scripture says that, that you know, uh, soul attached itself to Dinah, you know, that's what it means. I don't understand electricity. But I know when I flip the switch, you know, the, the, the light goes on. I don't understand radio frequency, you know, how somebody can talk into a radio and, you know, 100 miles away, that person can talk back. Uh, you know, I don't understand radio waves, so, but, but they work. And so the scripture tells us. Now, um, I had mentioned just a little while ago in, in Proverbs 22. That there's another one, uh, Brother Shannon, if you would, if you would look this yes. up. Uh, that, he, that, um, uh, it's about laying with a woman, destroy his own soul. Proverbs 6.32. What's that? Proverbs 6.32 says, But Thank whoso you. committeth adultery with a woman, lacketh understanding, he that doeth it destroyeth his own soul. Yes. Now, brothers and sisters, especially the brothers that are out there, you know, before that, you know, leading up to chapter 6, 
it, you know, it, it's it's warning us about these gals. You know, there's an old saying Pastor Royal used to say, and I, I never got it for years. I never got it until I was until these verses came to life for me. That uh, that the women will chase you, uh, or that you'll chase the girl until she catches you, and you'll find that truth prior to this in in chapter four, uh, and, ch- and especially like chapter five, ch- you know, starting coming into chapter six about these gals, you know, seven uh, about what they do to entrap you. You're ch- you think you're chasing them. But they're really chasing you. They're, they're much smarter, fellas. Well, that's deep right there. We, we, fellas, we need to get. You ever hear that the saying about men that that uh, we we don't uh, um, what's the word? Uh, we, we don't have a clue, or uh, what are they saying? Uh, um, yeah, you know, yeah, we don't that we don't have a clue. We don't. These gals aren't lying. You ask the Lord to show you, because He'll show you. These Here's gals, another one. Yeah. First Corinthians six sixteen, what know ye not that he which is joined to a harlot is one body? For two saith he shall be one flesh. Yep. And what's what's Paul saying there? He's saying that when you when you sleep with somebody, you attach to that person. So you right. sleep with another person, you're attaching to that person. You sleep with a whole bunch of people, and, and you're attached to all these people. Well, you know, there's only so much of you that can go around. But but back in back in um, seven. Um, uh, I'm sorry, six. Where, where was that verse? Um, uh, Proverbs six thirty-two. Thirty-two, thirty-two. But whosoever commits adultery with a woman lacks understanding. Well, of course, duh. Uh, he that doeth it destroyeth. In the Hebrew, it means to blow up, um, or to uh, blow up, or to destroy. Um, I'm, I'm trying to read my own handwriting here uh, from the. Uh, uh, from the Greek, I'm sorry, from the Hebrew, uh, destroyeth, um, oh, I can't read that, but he, he blows up his own soul. And uh, it says, a wound and a dishonor shall he get. That word wound and dis- means a plague or a punishment. Again, look it up in your strongs. Actually, you know, conc- um, lexicons are better. Uh, if, you, if you have, you know, find, find yourself a good lexicon. Um, uh, but in this particular, you know, word here, it says a wound. If you do this, okay, you're going to blow up your own soul, and a plague or punishment you're going to get. There are consequences, you know, because I started out talking tonight or in the second half of the show, you know, about things that we can do that open ourselves up to demons. Let, let's let's look at another one. It's over in Proverbs 22, and this is one, brothers and sisters, that that. It affects all of us, or can affect all of us. Uh, and, and I had personal experience with this also. Uh, but in, in Proverbs 22, uh, in, uh, let's see, in verse 24, it says, Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man thou shalt not go, lest thou learn his ways and get a snare to your soul. Wow, yes. And, and what you do is when you make friendships, with angry people, you become like that person. You, you, there's a transference of spirits here. There's whatever you, we, it's transference of spirits. You can call it whatever, you know, uh, transference of thoughts. Or, but you become like that person. You find yourself becoming judgmental and critical where maybe naturally you're not like that. And, oh, my and these goodness, demons yes. Are, 
And these demons, of course, are trying to get a foothold in your life. So, that, you know, there, there, there's a saying, there's an old saying that's very true. Misery loves company. And somebody that is miserable loves to make other people miserable. You know, somebody who's cantankerous, or, or if there's a gal who's a Corella DeVille, um, you know, she's from the 101 Dal- Dalmatians, or, 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 you know, Nurse, Nurse Ratchet, uh, or whatever. These people are miserable, and, and they... Just, they cannot help themselves. They want everybody else around them to be miserable too. Now they may not realize they're miserable, but they'll just spread their misery everywhere. And when you make friendships with people like this, you're going to get a snare to your soul. Well, you might say, "Well, man, that's, that's the only friend I have." Well, maybe you should get deliverance, and you'll get some other friends in your life. We've always because... heard the expression, like maybe you kind of rubbed off on me. Yeah, very good. Now Amen, here's something bro. else. Yeah. I, this Amen. is just an observation. Have you ever looked at a couple that has been married, and uh, after a while they start to look like each other? Sure. Okay, well, let me ask you this. Have you ever heard, seen someone that had a dog, and even the dog, <laughs> oh, and the man. owner, they start to look like each other? I mean, am I, I've, am I seeing I've, things, I've or actually, is there something I've more to it? I've actually seen that. Now, I, I don't know <laughs> to what extent that truth is, brother. <laughs> But you wonder, you know, sometimes, you know, the gal, uh, you know, the gal will cut her hair like the dog or, um, you know, some people are just, you know, they, they have these inordinate affections. And if you have an inordinate affection towards something, um, again, there, there's, there's a big demon right there with, with a lot of, you know, little demons uh, behind that. Now, maybe but, you know, uh, it's normal in a case where, you know, I'm talking about a, a godly couple and maybe it's okay, I guess, if they start to look like each other, but... Um, we can also have that outside of marriage. You know, some people uh, claim to be like chameleons. Well, Shannon, they do look like each other from the extent that, you know, number one, the two become one flesh, and in spirit, they're one. And and you know, I know it's rare to find these types of people today, um, you know, because divorce in the church is over 60%, and, and, and marriages are just so, under such great attack. Uh, that, you know, even a marriage that is holding together, uh, a lot of times is just holding together for the children or, you know, because they're really fighting because they don't believe in divorce, but, you know, they're just always at each other. You know, marriage is, each is supposed to complete each other, not compete with each other. And so, you know, when marriages turn into competitions, you know, uh, the, the man's trying to show the woman, and the woman says, well, what do you think I am? You think I'm a doormat? Well, I'm going to show you. You know, and then his voice gets loud, and her voice gets louder, and, and, and they're competing with each other instead of completing uh, each other. Uh, and again, those, those are, are demons, uh, and they're, you know, wow, uh, big demons. Uh, there's nothing like demons in families. Uh, or, or you know, in uh, in husband. Uh, yeah, we wife got a lot in our family. I'll tell you, that's the truth. And yeah, I understand well, yeah. what you, you're saying. I mean, there's godly soul ties. Yeah. You know, um, David and Jonathan were knit. They were. Yeah. You know, he looked at him like his brother. But then we can have ungodly soul ties and um, hang around with the wrong people. You bet. And all of a sudden, we start to get those demons. You know, when when we do a, when we do a show on soul ties. Uh, I'll bring out all, well, I don't know, there's probably, you know, there's probably even more verses than what I'm going to, you know, come up with, but we'll, we'll well prove good and bad soul ties, because we can have, we can have, um, we can even have good soul ties uh, with the church that's over, that's over uh, in Ephesians, um, and, and it's very important that, you know, we're careful about the relationships that we have with people, and brothers and sisters, 
don't think that this isn't a problem in our lives because, you know, for the most part, people that we associate with are people that are either friends uh, or, you know, we consider friends or are close to us in some way. And if this person is a detriment to you as a Christian, you have to end that relationship. Now, that doesn't mean you cut it off cold. Um, you know, there, there's all, you know, grace is always the, the call of the hour. Um, but it's hard and it hurts. I mean, I've had to do this. I, I, had a, I had a relationship that was one of the longest friendships I've had in my life. And because this person was an angry person. Do you know that every time I left from being with that person, I was a curmudgeon. I was, I was very negative towards people, and I would almost like shake my head and say, Lord, wow. what's wrong with me? Because I'm not yes. normally or naturally like that. Well, the Lord showed me. And it took me, listen, it took me a couple years at least. Um, uh, you know, I just wasn't very quick uh, with this, and, and, and I, you know, I paid the price for it also. Uh, but I had to cut off a very, it was a 30-year relationship that I had with somebody that I had to cut off because this person was a curmudgeon. And, you know, one time somebody in the family says, said, why do you think he has no friends? Wow. Well, you know, I was his friend, and so I never really noticed that. And I was his friend because this man was instrumental in my life, or early on in my life, and I just became his friend. But he was so cantankerous and so, so rotten and ugly about everything. He complained about everything and anything. You know, there was nothing that was right or good, and, and, uh, um, and I just had to cut off that relationship. Well, those spirits because, would jump, you know. They, and, oh, uh, man, they did every are, time I was with them. We are the, who, the friends we keep, right? You bet. Or, if we, you know, yeah. Something, they something say, to that. We okay. are what we eat. What are we? Uh oh. That's right. Uh, but um, just so, so we, uh, uh, you understand where we're at, uh, folks. This, this, we had three hours. Uh, this time to just flow. I've got to get uh, Pastor Michael Thier back on again. We've got about ten minutes remaining. Um, would you let's give us some peripheral praying about? Some prayer? Yeah, l- let's do some peripheral prayer about um, some of the things we've been talking about. And, and brothers awesome. and sisters, all you have to do is to be in agreement in Jesus' name. Um, you know, there's no prior requirement aside, you know, you have to be born again. Uh, but just be in agreement because, you know, the Lord looks at the inside, we look at the outside. Uh, and, and as I'm praying these things, just in your mind, just tell the Lord, yes, that's what you want. And if you find a battle going on in your mind, rebuke the demons because you have ultimate authority over them. And they, when we do mass deliverance, I'll be, I'll let you know. You know, I'm always reminding people, rebuke them in your minds. And the authority that you have, they hate this. Uh, and they will fight you tooth and toenail to not do it. Uh, but as you do it, you know, you, you bring, you know, you help bring freedom into your life. So just be in agreement with me in prayer. And, and uh, you don't have to be in agreement. Just sit off to the side and listen. Uh, and then ask the Lord later on. You know, nobody's forcing you into anything. But this stuff works if you mean business. Father... In Jesus' name, all glory and honor to you and to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for the, for the miracle of, of modern communication where so many, Father, can, can listen and hear the truth of your word as we fellowship together. 
Lord, and, and, and you know, how I'm being able to uh, be uh, brought through uh, Shannon's ministry, Father. Uh, it's just a, a miracle that you've provided for us. And help us to use this always, Father, to bring glory to you and to your son. And right now, Father, we bind the strong man, every one of Satan's strongholds, from off of every brother and sister that is listening tonight. Uh, and Father, uh, as we bind the strong man, we bind it also from off of uh, Shannon uh, yes. and everything that he's got going on there, and from myself also, Father, in Jesus' name. We command that these demons, uh, that any demon cannot uh, manifest and produce any kind of negative behavior in us at this time, in Jesus' name. And Father, for all of those out there uh, that uh, are uh, of the other bend, Father, that uh, they think they're following Satan or, or they claim to be Satanists or witches, or you know, Father, uh, the curse calls us shall not come. So we want to make sure, Father, that we close ourselves off to anything that, that we might be open to. So we ask right now, Father, that you would close us off to those things, that you would protect us from any prayers that uh, or any sayings or potions or spells or incantations or things that the enemy uh, would be trying to use. Father, we pray for their salvation right now in Jesus' name. Uh, Father, your word says that Satan blinds the minds of those that don't believe. So those witches out there or Satanists that don't believe, we command Satan to take his blinders from off your minds, off your eyes, your ears, your understanding. In Jesus' name, we ask, Father, that you would give unto these people, Father, uh, the, uh, um, the, uh, the, a measure of faith to believe and by the authority we have as believers, Father, uh, we pray that you would loose unto them the spirit of adoption in Jesus' name. But, Father, we pray tonight for all of us that are interested in this, Father, that you would restore any part of our fragmented mind, will, or emotion, even now as we pray in Jesus' name. Father, if we've been involved with angry people, Father, if we've been involved with adultery, even spiritual adultery, Father, through the Internet. Father, if we've made ungodly agreements with people, if we've gossiped or slandered, Father, uh, Lord, if, we, if, we've, if we've done anything against Romans 6.16, where we've come into agreements with things that are contrary to your word, Father, we confess this as sin right now in Jesus' name. And, Lord, if we need a better understanding of this, we pray that, that tonight and tomorrow and in the days ahead, you'd show all of us these areas in our lives uh, that we need to take care of uh, more, more deeply, Father, in Jesus' name. But, Lord, we can, we've confessed uh, uh, any unconfessed sin unto you. We've closed the door to the adversary, Father, and we ask even now that you would send forth your angels, Father, to retrieve any part of our fragmented mind, will, or emotion that's been given over to anybody or anything in Jesus' name. Uh, and, Father, even as much as uh, uh, souls uh, have been captured by witch doctors uh, in different countries that, that this has been confirmed to us in, we ask, Father, that you would send forth your angels to break any earthen vessels uh, that would have any part of our soul that would be, that would be in there, and that you would restore it <clears throat> Father, back unto us whole in Jesus' name. Father, we pray um, that, um, as your word tells us, uh, that you restore our souls. And we ask, Father, that again, every part that can be restored tonight, we pray would be restored in Jesus' name. And Lord, anything that needs further attention, that you would flag us and show us our need, Father, in this area tonight in Jesus' name. And Father... 
any any sins of the fathers. You know, Lord, when 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 the walls were being rebuilt in the days of, of Nehemiah, uh, and even even uh, in Jeremiah, Father, uh, they were confessing the sins of their fathers and building the walls, Father. They understood uh, that even though it wasn't their fault, Father, the consequences of sin, you said, were going to come down the generations. You did this, Father, as a warning that, that, that this types of, these types of sins uh, cannot, be, um, cannot be tolerated. Father, you put a 400-year 40, a curse uh, on illegitimacy. And Father, look at, look at the world today. Uh, we have more people living with each other and, and, and having children out of wedlock than at any other time in history, Father. And that's because this is, you, you, you have penalized illegitimacy or what's called the curse of the bastard or being bar sinister, uh, Lord. Um, you, this was the most important thing. You've put the biggest penalty for sin on illegitimacy and look at how it is rampant today father because the devil knows and so we can we confess any sins of illegitimacy uh in our lives father back to however many generations that we need to confess it as uh, in jesus name and, and father there are other things that that carry uh, penalties into our lives uh, dealing with the occult it could, it could be the Ouija board, Father. It could be table tipping. Uh, it could be yoga. It could be the modern-day occult. E- even in so- so-called Christian churches, Father, the, the kundalini spirits uh, are being used and, and being absorbed by your people, uh, by our brothers and sisters. Uh, and so, Father, that carries a, a generation that can go three or four, uh, gen- uh, a curse that can go three or four generations. We confess any of these things as sin, Father, and again, anything we need to have more, we ask that you'd show us. And so we not only confess these as sin, we now command the spirits that are associated with sins of the fathers or our own sins to come out of us and loose us and leave us right now in Jesus' name. We just, Father, just just drag them out of our lives. Brothers and sisters, you just have to breathe them out. Uh, just be in agreement with this, and we command these things to come out in Jesus' name. Father, we also tonight... Uh, Lord, we'll go into this in more detail uh, later on in another in another show, Father. Uh, but we we also, Father, uh, ask that um, um, that you would bring forgiveness into our lives and into the lives of other people, Lord, that we have held unforgiveness or bitterness. We forgive them, Father, and we not only forgive them, we ask that you would bless them in Jesus' name, no matter what they've done, Father. What we've done. Uh, never warranted salvation for us. And while we were still sinning, Jesus went to the cross for us. And so if he loved us at that time, Father, we need to love those that have offended us. And we forgive them right now in Jesus' name. And, Father, we ask that you would open up the floodgates of forgiveness into our lives so that we too can receive the freedom, Father, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And we can receive that liberty in our lives tonight in Jesus' name. Uh, And, Father, we also... Um, uh, break every curse, vex, hex, spell, jinx, psychic prayer, psychic thought, bewitchment, enchantment, spell, potion, voodoo, or incantation that is coming against any one of us tonight in Jesus' name. And, Father, we close the door to these curses in Jesus' name. And all the spirits that are associated with these things, we command that you have to come out right now in Jesus Christ's name. You loose us and let us go right now in Jesus Christ's name. All transference of spirits, all, all spirits that have come down the family line, all sins of the fathers, uh, all the spirits that have come down the sins of the fathers, the iniquities of the fathers, the results of those sins. We break them from off of ourselves right now 
in Jesus Christ's name. Father, give us minds, to, uh, eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand uh, these spiritual truths, Father, that are, that are woven uh, throughout your word, Father. Lord, help us to see through your eyes, Father, the bondage that not only we may be in, Father, but those that are around us. And then help us, Father, to equip ourselves with the truth uh, that Jesus Christ, Father, can... can can uh, your word tells us in James that that, uh, that when we have a sickness, we're to call the elders, those those that are mature in the Lord together, and the prayer of faith, Father, shall save. In the Greek, save, heal, and deliver our souls, uh, Father. And and Peter tells us that we can receive the end of our faith even the salvation of our souls. And that word salvation isn't talking about eternal security. It's talking about the Greek word uh, uh, soteria, which is God's present power to deliver. Lord, open our eyes to, to your present power to deliver us tonight from anything and everything that, that is a bondage or that is, that is wrong and not for us in our lives. And we ask all these things, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, Pastor Michael, uh, how can people get in touch with you and your ministry? Well, again, um, we are at uh, hbcdelivers.org. You can get hold of me uh, uh, through there. Uh, brothers and sisters, just know that I, like many other uh, deliverance preachers, uh, I get a lot of email, uh, and I spend half my life typing out uh, emails, and so it's, sometimes it takes me a while. But go to the webpage, the HBC Delivers webpage. It, it, it's got a plethora of, of Pastor Roy's material on there, and and you have the answer. I may have an answer temporarily for you, but you know you will bear your. You know I can bear your burdens with you, but you'll eventually bear them yourself. The Scripture says, uh, and so that webpage will show you a lot of what to do to get free. Uh, from stuff and Pastor Roy's material uh, can be found at wrwpublications.com uh, uh, and uh, we've revamped a lot of things and get the orders out a lot sooner now. Uh, you can pay by credit card. Um, so if you see something on it that tickles you or that the Lord's flagging you on, get it. This this yeah. stuff this stuff is imperative. It's good reference material to have in your home because when things fall apart. You're going to, if you're interested in this type of ministry, we're going to have the answer to help out those people that are going to be coming out of dead churches. Because God's going to get all his people out of dead churches, out of places. You know, Jesus said, all that the Father has given me are going to come to me. None, none are going to be lost. And somebody's going to have to be there to pray for these people because they're going to come out. But they may come out with their clothes burned off. That's and a great somebody's going, to have to, somebody's going to have to be there to minister to them. And that's you, brothers and sisters. That's, that's you and everybody else that's listening, and me. Amen. This is a come-as-you-are party. Let's get everybody involved. Amen. That's a good sermon title. Come out of the dead churches. <laughs> Amen. That is a good sermon title. Uh, folks, we're going to need probably 5,000 more shows to even tap um, a little bit of the knowledge here that Pastor Michael Thier has gleaned in many decades of the ministry. And I, I, I praise God for you, brother, and I thank you for coming on tonight. I want to have you back on real soon. and. Um, have you do uh, more mass deliverance over the air. Uh, we'll start uh, taking some calls of Amen. people that would like to have some prayer and deliverance over the air, folks. Amen. So uh, if you enjoyed this program tonight, uh, write Pastor Michael and let him know. That will encourage him to come back on. And uh, if you have uh, received deliverance, you've got a testimony, write us and let us know. Check Amen. out hbcdelivers.org and also wrwpublications.com. And um, 
Love it. Appreciate you, brother, and I'll have you back on again real soon. I love it. Appreciate you too, Brother Shannon, and, and you have a good night, uh, and, and uh, Lord willing, I'll be talking with you real soon. Sounds good. God bless you. That you was too. Pastor Bye-bye. Michael Thier of Hegewish. Uh, thank you for coming on tonight, and uh, appreciate everybody tuning in for the two programs that we had. This show will be up in the MP3 archives shortly, and uh, you can download it. Feel free to send it to your friends, and uh, write and let us know what you think. Well, we'd love to have you uh, tell your friends, and uh, we'll just start increasing the, the people that uh, are tuning in and see more people get delivered in Jesus Christ's name. Uh, tomorrow night we're going to have Dr. Pat Holliday, School of Deliverance at 8 o'clock, followed by Ron Skiba at 11, sharing uh, his his uh, mission to uh, bring a new television series to the air. Uh, let's see, we're going to have uh, the uh, School of Intercessory Prayer, Sunday night at 8 p.m. I've got Steve Quell booked for Tuesday, and, um, and many more programs planned, folks. So just lift us up in prayer, and uh, God bless you tonight. And we hope to have uh, Pastor Michael on very soon. I'd like to have him on every week. If we can track him down, he's a busy man. Uh, but there's so much to learn, and we'll get him to break in, into these different uh, areas. And uh, we'll do a whole show on like soul ties, sins of the fathers, generational curses. We'll be doing mass deliverances and and uh, taking phone calls. So with that, uh, I'll bid you adieu and uh, see you on the next program. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Omega Man Radio. Our mission is to operate in the threefold ministry of Jesus Christ and take evangelism, deliverance from demons, and miracle healing to the world. If you would like to partner with us, you can support this work by donating any amount online at OmegaManRadio.com. Join us in an all-out attack against the host of hell. It's time to deliver a death blow to the enemy and take back territory for Jesus. Tell a friend and support Omega Man Radio. Oh.